crime in me. I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely done my fair share of psychiatry work. I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime in me. responsible for the things that come out of our mouths. We are not experts, although we may claim to be, so don't take anything that we say too literally. We are not laughing at the crimes, we are laughing at each, each other! other. <laughs> okay, welcome to this week's episode of Criminy. We have a special guest! Which is yay! Which is gonna be kind of weird since mom, I'm pretty sure the only, you're the only person that listens to our podcast, so <laughs> you're just gonna be hearing yourself talk. Wait, you have you still have to listen to I this episode listen. though. You have to I listen to the episode. Listen. We need we need the listens. So we would like to introduce our mom, Janine. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, hi. hi <laughs> We're your hosts, Angela and Matt. And we are here to tell you some fucked up things. Yay! Yay! Okay, so I... (laughs) I'm going to go first. And I guess we'll just get started right away because we got three whole stories to do this week. We'll see how it goes. So I got my information. Don't be reading. (laughs) Don't be reading! She's reading over your shoulder. (laughs) She was! I I guess I'm not reading. I already tried to slant the computer away from her so she wouldn't it. read it. And I've now... seen how, what I was looking at was your notes. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's my reading. Oh. That's right. Do you I wasn't reading. Like I, I, yeah, I okay. wasn't reading. I was just right. looking at your notes. <laughs> I was just reading your notes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I got my information from a documentary. I'm not going to say the name of the documentary yet but i will it'll be apparent later Ooh. i got a information from wikipedia i got a little bit from unicef.org uh-huh. from i got some information from my textbook for my psychology class Ooh. called exploring lifespan development and i got some from like a ted talk too and then i got a lot of this information from the new york times various articles by various journalists and that's well, about I'm it. intrigued. So I'm going to start this off with a quote from the documentary. And it said, all 193 United Nation member countries have ratified the Convention on the Rights of the Child, except for Somalia, South Sudan, and the USA. United States. USA. We suck. Yeah. So that that convention basically states that children are not just objects who belong to their parents and for whom decisions are made, or they are not adults in training. Rather, they are human beings and individuals with their own rights. The convention says childhood is separate from adulthood and lasts until 18. It is a special protected time in which children must be allowed to grow, learn, play, develop, and flourish with dignity. So obviously the United States was like, no. no. <laughs> Let's no. get them working early. They're basically small adults with the same capacities as adults. You know, and except they have child labor laws 
and you're like in foster care till you're 18. Which so. also lets, I mean, 18s obviously are not. They must you're honor still some like of it. Yes, but they, 18, but they but. fit so nicely down those mine shafts. <laughs> Your little hands are just so it's perfect so for those little Aww. weaving machines so or whatever the hell. a sad child story. This Sounds like a sad uh, all children story. <laughs> this is a sad everyone story <laughs> in the United States. Okay. Okay, so now we're going to get to the main character in my story. Mark Chivarella was born and raised in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. He was a stellar athlete and student. He was the son of a brewery worker and a phone company operator. His nickname was Scooch, and like his father, he drove a beat-up Volkswagen Beetle for years. <laughs> And even after moving away, he visited his aging mother daily until she died in 2007. He went to St. Mary's High School, then King's College, which was a local college, and finally Duquesne Duquesne (laughs) University Law School, Mm. where he got his Juris Doctorate degree, which is basically a graduate Mm. law degree, in 1975. Which mom knew what that was. Wow. Oh, I knew mom. the jurors because Uncle Rick. I know. She's so smart. She's so smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's where we get all of our intelligence from. We know about jurisdiction. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Juris doctor. Or it was like a doctorate of jurisprudence. Of juries? But it's not a doctorate. A it's doctor, actually just a graduate degree. A doctor of juries. You're a doctor of juries, a doctor of the a law doctor. Law doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from there he entered private legal practice, become a, a partner in the firm of Lowry, Chivarella, and Rogers. From 1976 to 1978, he was a city solicitor. And then from 1978 until 1995, he served as a solicitor for the city zoning board. He was an active, he was active in civil, sorry, he was active in several civic and Catholic organizations, and then he was married to a woman named Sydney Bear, and they had three children together. Okay, so, so far sounds like a pretty regular old normal middle class life. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Now I'm going to take you to 1995. Wait, what year was that? What year did you end on? I mean, his whole life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what year was he a lawyer? Uh, 1995. Okay, you're taking us back where? Was when he was a solicitor for the city zoning board. Now we're going to that year in Pennsylvania, Lucerne County. Mark Chivarella was elected for a 10-year term as judge. And he was appointed to juvenile court judge. Uh Uh-oh. Four years after Columbine... He instituted a zero-tolerance policy when dealing with children. Oh, no. And he was supported for cleaning up the schools. Oh, good. Let's clean up those children. (laughs) Just, these ones are bad. Get rid of them. Those ones are all right. Yeah, well, probably incarcerate them because if they're bad. Yeah, so for those Uh who don't know, Columbine was a shooting in the high school in Colorado and it was very tragic and awful. And or since it could then, be just what do you call those things? What do people call them? Who don't believe conspiracy. them? Conspiracy. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> okay, except for it was videotaped. No, I know. It was, but... <laughs> it was horrid. Horrid. Um, so since then, after Columbine, a lot of schools kind of cracked down 
on children. They had like, you know, if you were doing something bad, you were instead of being dealt with by the principal or suspended or detention, you were sent to the juvenile court system because they were all afraid of children at that point. So instead of like, you know, investing in mental health for children, they invested in the detention centers. Obvious, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah, lock them away. They don't, don't help lo- them. But. Oh, well, because that's just all mumbo jumbo in the head. That's right. What we got to do is we got to spank them. But this guy had... You got to do more than that. <laughs> this guy had three kids, right? Yeah, three children I mean, of his own. he was own. a horrible father. I mean, I, I can see know. where this is going. <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay. So he said that he wanted children to be afraid of him, mm. to scare them straight, mm-hmm. so that they would learn a lesson <laughs> and change their behavior. Because we all know that that works with kids. If you mm-hmm. scare them, then they'll listen to you and change their behavior. Oh, and that's yeah. why, you know, abusive households work out so well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's just scare them straight. Yeah, scared oh, straight, because yeah. clearly that works. And we all went through the D.A.R.E. program, and we know how oh, well that horrible. worked out. Yeah. And that's all I'll say about that. He also said that people don't know how to be parents and parents should be like how his parents were, where he said his parents were loving and caring, but they were like disciplinarians too. Mm. And then in the documentary, he tells a story about when he was like a teenager, I'm thinking he was drinking with some friends. And then his friends wanted to go out driving. And it's not clear if his friends were, like, going to steal a car or whatever. But then he's like, oh, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm not going to be part of this. And then at some point, a police officer, like, approached him. And then he was like, you better come with me. So then he took him home. And he said he was, like, super – he, like, started to feel sick in the car. And when he got home, his dad was like, look at what you're doing to your mother. And then he punched him and knocked him out cold. Because he was sick. Because he got drunk and was taken home by a police officer. So this dude wants parents Mm. to be like his parents. And punch him. So basically, yeah, basically it's like you need to abuse your children to keep them in line. Mm. And he thought, he like, he has like no empathy for like raising children. He just thinks everyone should have a life like he did. Where it's like, that's not realistic. And even if it was, I don't want abusive parents. Like, fuck off. No, thank you. Well, I mean, it kind of. That's not going to solve any problems thought though that like sometimes people that are abused become abusers right oh most of the time well yeah think. because you're learning no i don't I wouldn't you're say you're learning most like of the that's time. how you deal that, with no, i would no, say that pa- not most of the time a large percentage of people no not necessarily i would say a percentage like of people <laughs> a little <laughs> teeny bit a little yeah, just a people. bitty bit i mean i would say like <laughs> it's a percentage but like you know that yeah some okay. people learn to be abusers because that's the only way that they know how to process their feelings. Right. Other people can see that and just be like, I don't want to be like or that. They de- you know? or, so or they deal or or to... they deal with it in different ways where they're not violently right. reacting. Or they internalize exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he he was nicknamed Mr. Zero Tolerance. Oh, Ew, what a cute little name. Scary. <laughs> he... <laughs> He once put a father in jail after he couldn't pay court-imposed fees for his daughter, who the judge had previously locked up. What? So the so Chivarella locked up this guy's daughter. He couldn't afford the court fees, and so he sent him to jail, too. What in the actual fuck? How does that solve anything? <laughs> I don't... Well, he's scaring them straight and teaching them, what? like, the error well, so of then their the, ways. The, da- the dad has up. to learn, like... 
that he needs to get more money? Like, what does that teach him? He needs to be a better father like his father was to oh. him. He needs to punch that kid right in the face, knock he him out cold. He knock her out cold. So then, oh, yeah. okay, okay. That's what he's... And then somehow so, get money to pay for the so court So that's what he's supposed to I learn about that. Know. Okay. This dude is, like, fucked in the head. I don't know. So in 2005, obviously he's reelected for another 10-year term because he's doing such a wonderful job. <laughs> During his tenure as judge, he incarcerated over 3,000 children. Some of them were as young as 11 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to say a little something about zero tolerance, which clearly works for adults. Uh It's obviously working so well. Abstinence only, zero tolerance Uh is very successful. And we all we all know that we've gotten rid of, you know, teen pregnancy from our zero tolerance abstinence only programs. And no kids do drugs because of our like zero tolerance. And, you know, we clean that up. So so for adults, zero tolerance has never worked for children. It's for sure not yes. going to work. Like, 100% it's not going to work. And just, like, a little bit about that. Adolescent brains are, like, at a crucial stage of development. And our brains look super different when we're adults yeah. as when we're, as when we're yes. young. So, like, when, when you're an adolescent, synapt- synaptic pruning, synaptic pruning <laughs> uh, is at its peak. And then it declines, like, drastically after early adolescence. And that's when... Like, our brains are pruning the synapses that are respond. Oh, sorry. That are, like, fine. Ugh. I need to cut all this out. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so. So something. There's, like, a little man in our brains doing some so, pruning. <laughs> so synaptic pruning is at its peak during early adolescence. And then it declines drastically from there. And that's responsible for fine-tuning our neural connections by eliminating those that don't work, that are weak, we're not really using them anymore, and then strengthening those that are Mm. being used, which leads to better attention, planning, information integration, and self-regulation. So when you're in your early adolescence, you don't really have those skills, right? And then as you're getting older, you're slowly developing those skills. But it's like Mm -hmm. a process. The limbic system is also fine-tuning during that time. And in adolescence, in early adolescence, there's a hypersensitivity to reward for risk-taking. Mm. So we're getting, like, positive feedback for taking mm. risks that outweighs the consequences. So, of course, that's the time we're exploring our lives, and we're going to take those right. risks, yeah. you know? Because why not? Your reward, your brain is like, hell yeah, like, keep well, yeah, going. you haven't, like, set up those, like, parameters of, like, if I do that, then this will happen. Like, yeah. Right. So at the same time, planning and self-regulation is still developing. So not only can we not fully understand the consequences, we also can't really fully plan things out. And we don't have the ability to, like, regulate our emotions fully. So you can't really understand long-term consequences. The medial prefrontal cortex is also still developing, which explains why adolescents aren't able to fully understand another person's perspective. Which is why, like, zero tolerance I mean, they're doesn't just work, the, because you can't they're just They're just be learning like, their perspective, so how could they see someone else's yeah. perspective? Well, exactly. They cannot put themselves in someone else's shoes, so you can't be like, look at this adult over mm-hmm. here. You know, like, scared straight doesn't you gotta work. you got to be like this. When it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, look at this adult who made the same choices, and they're in prison for the rest of their lives. You want to be like them? And your brain can't comprehend that. You're just like, well, I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like them. Like, I'm not that person. I can't see it from their perspective. Right. Like... So, so adolescence is obviously like super challenging 
Uh, emotional regulation is like still developing. Planning is developing. Uh, risky behaviors are peaking and then declining. Um, so this is like a crucial time for kids to kind of like act mm. out and then learn and just kind of like, you know, moderate their own behavior and find out who they are and like where they fit right. in in the world. Well, plus if you're thrown in juvenile detention, mm -hmm. then sometimes it starts a lifelong yes. career in crime. Once you're in the in system. Prison, in exactly. the penal institution. Yeah, once you're in That's the system, it's hard to get out. Because also when you're that age so, and you're told you're oh. a bad kid, then you become a bad kid. Yes. Oh. Yes, exactly. So terrible so, so far. So that's just what <laughs> you just started. Have you not? Wait, excuse me. I'm sorry, but have you not heard our show, Mother? <laughs> have you not listened to this podcast? This isn't the like kittens and puppies play <laughs> hour. Oh, I spent so many hours watching that on YouTube. <laughs> okay, so this is just to understand what we're dealing with. When we say juvenile offenders, these are children mm. whose brains are like still developing. Right. In the U.S., most juvenile court proceedings are private in order to protect the child, but sometimes it's not really protecting the child. Right. So here I'm going to go through the children, some of the very few of the children who are affected by this dude. Okay. One was a 13-year-old who was incarcerated for throwing a piece of steak at his mother's boyfriend. <gasps> What Whoa. in the actual fuck? Wait, Jail? what? The kid denied what? that he ever threw it, but oh yeah, God. he was put in, in one of these detention centers for throwing a steak. One 15-year-old was in court for throwing a sandal at her mother. Wow. <gasps> An 11-year-old got in trouble for calling the police after his mother locked him out of the house. What? Another 14-year-old who was an A student was sentenced for writing... Oh Vote for Michael Jackson on a few stop signs. Sentenced? Yeah, she got time. Oh, While she was incarcerated, she had a seizure and she banged her head so hard oh. she cracked her braces. Like on her oh, dental braces. Shit. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's a kid named Kurt Kruger oh who was 17 when he was sent to a boot camp for five months in 2004 months? for being a lookout for a friend who was stealing DVDs from Walmart. Wow. Oh my God. Then there's Daquan Johnson. He was 13 when he was sent to a detention center for several days in 2006 for failing to appear at a hearing as a witness to a fight. <gasps> Even though what? his family had never been notified about the hearing. Wow. And he had already told school officials that he had not seen anything. And what they he was the got fuck? away with this stuff? So Daquan and Kurt were both first time offenders. Whoa, but like what the like a witness? What? Yeah. Yeah. Did Dude you is say, like to is jail. This Pennsylvania? Yeah, this is Lucerne County. Then there's Kevin. Mashanksky, Mashanksty. Um, he had a simple assault assault case. The other kid involved only got a black eye, and everyone thought he'd just get probation. He got ninety days at a detention center for wow. getting in a fight as a kid. Uh, not to ruin your story, but was this guy going to? The story's back? already ruined. <laughs> oh. Let's get there. Okay, sorry. <laughs> then there's a kid named Charlie Bella Savage. His parents bought him a moped for $250. Turns out it was stolen. They didn't oh. know it. Two weeks later, someone saw him riding it and recognized it, so they reported it. The police did a check and saw it was stolen, and they arrested him. 
him, not the parents for who bought it for him. Yeah. <laughs> the judge said that he was a troubled kid because he had had some problems in mm-hmm. school. And then he was sentenced to 90 days. Oh His mom went to court what? and was like, it's my fault. I'm the one who bought it. I didn't know. And then he was like, the guy, the judge was basically like, well, you're a bad mother. And like, you're just trying to like make, you're just trying to be indulgent and stand up for your kid. And he needs to like pay for his crimes. Oh. This kid, Charlie, How? he spent four years and 10 months in the system. So he was How, like, like what? What is he charging these people with? Yeah, like I, like throwing a sandal. Like yeah. what do you get charged like with? Assault. Assault. Enjoying a gift oh as a child. Wow. So here's another one. Justin Bodner was a 12 year old when he got into an argument while walking his little brother to school. He got into an argument with a mother, like a random mother, because he was cussing in front of her child. <laughs> So after they got into the argument, he, like, went to school. And when he got to school, he was patted down by the principal and arrested right there. For arguing with her? Yeah. He ended up spending six years and ten months (gasps) in the system. What? What was the legal precedence for any of these? Just because he was Zero tolerance. He was Mr. Zero tolerance. Wow. Then there's a girl named Hillary Transu. She created a spoof MySpace page about her vice principal at her high school. For those who don't know, MySpace was like early Facebook, basically. She was a great student. She was never in trouble. At the bottom of the MySpace page, she made it very clear that it was a joke page and it wasn't real. In 2007, she went in front of Judge... Chivarella, and got three months in juvenile detention. This is in the 2000s? This is 2007. This is insane. She was charged with abuse of the internet, stalking, harassment, and committing a terrorist act. What? so disgusting. I don't even want to listen anymore. Her mother... (laughs) Mom's tuning out. I quit. Her mother was like... Her mother was uh, like one of the key people later on, but her mother like reported that she didn't she didn't have a lawyer present at her trial and that she was charged unfairly uh she appeared in front of the judge and she didn't know that she had waived her right to an attorney what um the what what chivarella would do is he would like send out these consent decrees and be like basically oh here sign this like, to a child, like, oh, waive your right to an attorney. Oh you don't need gosh. an attorney. And the kid's being like, but okay, well, they... I didn't do anything wrong, so obviously the judge is going to see that I didn't do anything wrong. He's you know? the judge. You're going to yeah. be like, oh, but how, he's honest. How is, it legal, how is it legal for a child to sign a document? Well, he like did it that. with the parents. So the parent would be like, oh, obviously my kid didn't do anything wrong, you know? Why would I be afraid oh, of a judge? What? So we don't need fuck? a lawyer. We'll just go in. He'll see that she, like, created a a fake MySpace page is like a kid and a spoof. It's no big deal. Like, obviously, she's going to get off. But then what happens is she got three months in a juvenile detention center. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, And then later on, a consent decree... Sorry, a a consent decree is something different. So... The mom was, like, really upset, and she went in front of the judge, and she was like, what the hell? Like, this isn't okay. Um, We didn't realize by signing that paper we were waiving our right to a lawyer. And then then he was like, well, she can get out if the vice president will sign a consent decree to say that, like, basically, I'm not mad at her for doing the the MySpace page. And the vice principal obviously signed it because he's like, yeah, fuck that. I don't want her to be in, like, a detention center. And then Judge Chivarella was, like, super shocked that he would even sign that. And then she got to go home. But it's like, 
What the fuck? Wow. So this one is like a really sad one too. Oh. Edward Kenzakowski. Kenzakowski. He went to an underage party where there was drinking. His dad wanted to scare him straight. So he went to the party with some cops that were friends of his. They took a weed pipe from the party (gasps) and put it in his car to frame him. What? So the dad was like, basically like, I don't want him drinking. I don't want him partying. Like, you guys are my friends. You cops are my friends. Let's scare him straight. And the cops like, yeah, we're totally in on it. Yeah, we'll totally plant drugs and paraphernalia in your kid's car. And then, and then as soon as he was in police custody, obviously it went different. So he was oh. he was 17 at the time. When he was 8 or 9 years old, he was diagnosed with ADD, and then at 14 or 15 years old, he started drinking because his dad mm-hmm. drank and Is he thought an it was like okay. Too. Yeah, and then <laughs> so then he went into a juvenile detention center oh. when he was 17. Um when he got out, he got into a fight and he was threatened that they were like going to send him back, and so then he ran away to Florida. But then after a month, he came back home and he started working, but he still had a warrant out. Why? For the fight that he got into. Oh so my then, God. So then. So his dad just started this whole thing. Yeah. Like he wasn't. Yeah. He was just going to a party or something. But oh my God. How yeah. many years okay. is this reign okay. of terror? We'll get to it. All right. <laughs> wow. So, so he went back to juvie. He like got home. His mom said that he like got a construction job. He was like trying to get his la- life on track Aww. after being incarcerated yeah. when he was a kid, and he was doing really well. But For then he didn't fucking oh, okay. But then he gets sent right back to juvie. And then when he got out of juvie, he got into another fight, and this time he was like an adult. So he got an aggravated assault sentence, and he went to real prison after that. Oh. Then he got out and was on parole. And then soon after that, he got into an argument with his dad while he was drunk. And he ended up killing himself later that night. Oh, that was so oh tragic. Oh, my God. So his life was totally derailed because he Why went ha, ha, let's do this to a, a detention center. Well, because the judge was like, oh, I see that, you know, yeah, you were drinking underage, but that's more of like. A mental health issue, like you need to get some like sa- like quality of life. Then when he was a juvenile, why didn't his dad and his buddies go to the court with him and say we set it that up? That wouldn't have mattered though, because that one mom who said that was my I bought the moped, that was my mistake, and he was like, oh, you're just an indulgent mother, like who's trying to cover for her kid, and the kid needs to like suffer. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, and he still had a wife during this time. Yeah. And three children. Oh my God. So the last one I'm going to talk about is Amanda Laura. She got into a fight with a friend of hers. Or they like, you know, they were like kids. So they were like on and off friends or whatever. Uh, she threw a volleyball at her and they like got into a fight. So she went to the principal's office and from there got sent to juvenile judge Chivarella. From there. For throwing the volleyball? Yeah. And getting in a fight with her friend. Well, it's not so from good. there, it's she got five years and ten months in the system. <gasps> like, in and out in the system. So the thing is, like, after Columbine, basically instead of going to the principal's office and getting your punishment from the principal, then all of a sudden you have police in the school, you have probation officers in the school. So anytime you get in trouble, they just send you to do juvenile detention centers. That or like, like a judge. It would make more, more people like the shooter of Columbine. Yeah. 
instead of kids yeah. who aren't don't yeah. want to. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's not teaching course. a lesson at all. Mm-hmm. It's making you afraid of adults, Angry. afraid of authority, upset that they're yeah. totally derailing your whole oh, childhood. Man. You're like probably it, have like PTSD. Yes. Yeah. and they're and they're super depressed and stuff. So what are they gonna do? Like they they didn't even do anything and they're being punished. Yeah. So. The world sucks. Why should I not go? Why would you at my trust school? anyone? So yeah. Amanda Laura, she actually did get PTSD from it all, oh and she like God. could not go back to school. She was having panic attacks, and initially her dad was like, "Oh, you're just pretending. Like you just don't want to go to school." And then it got so severe that eventually she was homeschooled, and she did graduate high school, and she was like the first one of her dad's kids wow. to graduate high school. But she, oh my God. she was so <laughs> traumatized by that whole experience. Not to mention, like, these are your teen years that are being taken away from you. You're supposed to be, like, hanging out with friends. You're supposed to be finding your own identity. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be messing up. You're supposed to be at home with your parents. Like, these kids were separated from their parents and put in these scary places. Meanwhile, what do you think he's doing to his own kids? I don't know. I wonder how they turned out. So, in 2008, the Juvenile Law Center filed a motion to the state Supreme Court about more than 500 children who had appeared before the judge without res- representation. They had, they had raised concerns in the past, but for whatever reason, those were ignored. And the petition was initially rejected, but then the court decided to do oh, some digging. Good. This is what they found. Oh they found a Kids for Cash scandal. I believe. I think I've heard of The documentary is called Kids for Cash, oh. by the way. So, after the briefest of hearings, the average length was four minutes. Four minutes for the judge to determine your whole life. Kids what? were dispatched to detention centers in which the judge... So he just sees, like, oh, you're here, like, you must have been bad, even though, yeah. like, you, I have, I'm not even going to actually take your case into consideration. I'm yeah. basically you're not even going to look kid. at anything. I'm going to look at what you're charged with, and then I'm going to send you away. Mm-hmm. And pick up my check. So mm-hmm. the judge had a financial interest mm-hmm. in the detention centers. I believe that. To the extent that the detention center workers were told in advance how many juveniles to expect at the end of each day. Oh, my God. Where obviously most places in the court, it would fluctuate. You know, you wouldn't know how many kids are coming to you. But the kids who saw him. They had like quotas. He knew how many were going to be there before they even got there. He's like, don't worry, I get you 40. So he gave them. Yeah, he gave them these numbers even before hearings. To determine their innocence or guilt. Oh, So even God. before he the hearing, he basically like looked at all yeah. the things and was like, you're going in, you're going out, you're going in, whatever. Wow. Uh, yeah. So if parents were unable to pay the costs of detention, of the detention centers, their children were sometimes held longer. Oh. What? How could he get away with so this? So that's not extortion. One yeah, teenager's... One teenager's social security survivor's check from his father's death was garnished to pay the costs. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so now we're going to go back to 2000. In the year 2000, Judge Chivarella approached a man named Robert J. Powell, who is a personal injury lawyer, so you already know what kind of guy this is, <laughs> and a property developer. He wanted him to build a private detention center to replace the county-run one, one mm-hmm. because he didn't like the old center. Granted, the old center was super shitty, 
It was like filled mm-hmm. with cockroaches. It was falling apart. Ew. It was super unsafe. But instead of putting money into like revamping the county run center or building a county run center, he decided that a private center would be the way to go. Ah. Well, yeah, we can make more money off these yeah. kids. I got a quota. Yeah. I can I can get them 50 kids a day. I can charge X <laughs> amount of pop. Ooh, this is yeah. a business idea. <laughs> so Powell was initially unable to get funding for the new detention center. So Chivarella set him up with another close friend of his, Robert Miracle. Miracle. He was a miracle. Well, it's like miracle, but with an E. Miracle. 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 Miracle was a builder and developer, and he was sent off to find a build site. In 2002, another judge, Judge Conahan, became president judge, which gave him control of the courthouse budget. He signed a deal with Mr. Powell that the court will pay $1.3 million in annual rent. What? On top of the town's millions of dollars that the county and state would pay to house delinquent teens. Okay. By the end of the year, Conahan got rid of the county detention center by getting rid of their financing. Because he financing was in control of that. Mm-hmm. All who disagreed with the new private detention centers were steamrolled. When the county controller, Steve Flood, leaked a state audit that described the state's lease of the centers as a bad deal... The center's owner filed a trade secrets lawsuit against Mr. Flood, and Judge Conahan sealed the suit to limit other documents getting out. Oh my Sounds God. like politics today, kind of. Yeah, it was, well, <laughs> politics all the time. Yeah, clearly this shit's like, going on all the time. It's... Yeah. Yes, Horrible. that is crazy. It's just all, all about how much money you have and who you can pay off to yeah. do what. And who cares who is affected and... yeah. by it all? Who cares? So the few officials who had concerns at the time say that their hands were tied. Probation officers say that they suspected there was something amiss, but were overruled every time they requested lighter sentences or for sentences to be served at home. So it's basically if anyone said anything. Yeah, because he's probably paying people off. He's paying people off. Well, if anyone said anything, he's the judge. So probation officers can be like, oh, yeah, actually, like, let's let them stay at home because this this charge is like bullshit and he'd be like well i'm the judge no they're going they're going to jail because he was making more money if they would if there were more bodies in more beds 100 percent. he had a quota to fill county commissioners were the only ones authorized to sign contracts for detention centers but by eliminating money for the county centers judge conahan left them little alternative but to sign on to the deal for the private facilities so they're all their hands were tied. Wow. They had they like left them no choices. If the county run center is not being funded, then you can't send kids there. Right. They're the only game in town. Yep. Wow. After the center was built, Chivarella was sure to keep it stocked with children. He sent <sighs> about five thousand teens to deten- detention centers <sighs> in seven years. Oh my god. What Over a the course of monster. seven years. So him caging children yep. made him money. Many of them were first-time offenders. Oh, and little offenders. But not, but not even offenders. Uh, yeah, yeah, not even offenders. 
And like, one of them went back time and time again because they're in the system. Your probation officer's in school. You act up. You get in a fight at school. You get sent to your probation officer. Your probation officer sends you right back to the detention center. It's like a streamlined system to get all these kids yep. into detention centers. And I mean, they get we more ha- money every yeah. time they come back. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we have that system going for adults already. So why not get kids mm-hmm. on board? You know? Jeez, that's true. Yeah. Fuck. Chivarella got $140,000 in cash stuffed into FedEx boxes at one point. Oh. Oh, just at Eventually, one point. Eventually, yeah, he got lots <laughs> of money. Eventually, he was charged with laundering money by bought and he, and he like bought a luxury condo in Florida in 2004. In 2004, he and um Judge Conahan, they both bought a $785,000 condo together wow. in Florida to help conceal Ooh, their I payments. Just, I know it's not right to, you know, kill people, but yeah, if anyone not. should be killed, <laughs> this guy, uh-huh. this guy. Mhm. <laughs> Take away his childhood. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, what a disgusting pig. So after they bought this condo together, they began... Sorry, pigs are nice. Pigs are nice creatures. Yeah, do what not. A disgusting... Pigs are very <laughs> intelligent. What a disgusting... Don't pigs. Shithead. Shithead human. Shit. Oh my god, that's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, they horrible. After they bought the condo, they began disguising transactions as rent and other related fees. <laughs> What he was also doing was having payments sent to a company that he was a part owner of in Florida. So they would take the money that the detention centers were giving them. They would funnel it through this brewing company. Oh, my God. From there, they would funnel it through, like, other businesses that they owned. And then Conahan and Chivarella owned, like, a business together that it would eventually go to. And then they would take money out of that account. <laughs> Wow. They also what spent time monsters. I know. They also spent time on a 56-foot yacht owned by Mr. Powell and located in front of their condo in Florida. The 100 oh, the 1.5 million dollar boat was named The Real Justice. No. R E E L. What? Real a Justice. And I'm sure they had no empathy at all. They had of probably no not. problem with spending that money. Yeah, of course not. Living the Why high life they? on the backs of other people. Now, Chivarella said yeah. in the documentary, they interv- interviewed him too. And he said that he wasn't living all high and mighty. He wasn't living some grandiose life. He used that money to send his kids to school and mm-hmm. to pay off some debt. And what about these other things? But what about the condo? Mm-hmm. Like, and real life, legal no justice. Well, really, real justice. And how real he justice. School. He yeah. was making lots and lots yeah. and lots of money. Yeah, yeah. So we're wow. gonna go back to 1967. Whoa, I'm gonna get whiplash. The, if we go back. I know. That far. <laughs> I know. We keep going back. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that children have a constitutional right to counsel. Mm-hmm. Children have the right to waive counsel in at least 20 states, as well as. Pennsylvania, which is no. fucking dumb. Children should not have. They don't even know what that means. If I if, know. If you're a kid and someone's like, "Do you want counsel?" You're like, "No, I'll have water, please." <laughs> like, what? What does that? What does that even well, mean? Also, also, when you're a kid, you're like, "Oh, well, they'll see. I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong." You like yeah. trust things, you know? Like you're. Yeah, you're there's like, right well, and wrong. Like I know that, like you know, yeah, there's right and wrong, and you and adults can see that. Yeah. Yeah. They'll listen to my side well, of the story. And a judge and, and in yeah. court. Of yeah. course they are. Yeah. 
Wow. So that's a stupid right to be able to waive counsel when you're a kid, but 20 states have it because I think like a lot of states in the United States and a lot of places think that children are just small adults. <laughs> and they They're 100% just mini are adults. not. They're just mini adults that throw tantrums and like have yeah. issues, whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. That's just ridiculous. Are immature? Are, like, are, yeah, are, well, I was going to say talking about poop, but damn, I guess I'm still a child. Um, <laughs> well, good luck. I mean, you have the right to waive counsel, so you're fine. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, I feel blessed. So at Chivarilla's direction, juvenile probation officers talked kids out of exercising their right to counsel. Whoa, they should be in jail. Lawyers too. told families not to bother hiring them because they wouldn't be allowed to speak anyway. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Yeah, because if they even had counsel, they'd be like, nope, this is my decision. I'm the judge. Yeah. I slammed yeah. the little hammer. I say, no, yeah. no, you're going to jail. Yep, exactly. Wow. From 1997 to 2003, Juveniles appeared before Judge Chivarella without counsel at more than five times the state average. And from 2003 through 2007, the rate was around 10 times the state average. Oh, my God. Like, as a judge. So he is making money. And how many years did we get away for that to be finally thought about it? Seven years. As a judge, don't you think you would be like, hey, it's your right to have a lawyer. You should probably have one present. Yeah. 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 Uphold the justice. So about half of the kids. I got that went your in front justice of- in my boat. <laughs> <laughs> about half of the kids that went in front of Chivarella waived their right to a lawyer, which obviously makes well, guilty pleas know. more likely. Yeah. Because you don't yeah. know your rights. Right. They did not understand their rights, and as soon as they took a plea, they were in the system. I mean, you're 11. And, you're 11. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's scary enough to be in a courtroom, and, like, the judge is scary. Yes. Like, everything is scary, and you don't, and you just want to get. And like, so just wanna, high above you. You, you just want to say whatever you think they want you to hear to yeah. be able to go home. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Adults will be like. Police officers will tell adults, like, you just confess, you can go home. And they're like, okay, sure, Mm -hmm. I'll confess. Like, so once you're in the system, it's just like a continuous cycle of being out of the system. Then you have like a minor infraction, go see your probation officer in school, you're like back in the detention center. Then you get out. And then you're even more upset the next time. And then something, like, it's just this awful merry-go-round. Plus, then you have a record that's going to be with you for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. Yep. So good luck, like, making something of yourself. Chivarella was able to go on for seven years. He sent a quarter of his juvenile defendants to detention centers from 2006 to 2000, from 2002 to 2006. Oh, my God. When the state rate was one in ten. Wow. (laughs) He would often ignore requests for lenience made by prosecutors and I already said the probation officers, but Was even prosecutors a for this whole thing in the court system—they're all steamrolled. He would just be like, "Well, I'm the judge; I get to decide." To be honest, they didn't have advocates, children's advocates. Well, for ye- for years, well. youth advocacy program gro- groups complained oh. that his charges were like unusually harsh. And they were unheard, but of. it didn't do anything oh, well. because look, he was look, supported. Look, he's the one with the tiny hammer. Yeah. He gets yeah, to say. Right. Well, you're and right. here's the thing: so he was supported by the people. <laughs> Like, by his constituents because they're like, oh, he's zero tolerance. He's doing, like, good. He's getting the, like, bad kids to where they need to go. 
And since the cases are are confidential, since they're private, then the people who are living in that district, they can't see what he's doing. All they know is like, well, yeah, he's putting some kids away, but like they're probably bad kids. You know, it's for their own good. Wow. Yeah. Bad story. Bad story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Something that obviously needs to be said. So since then, (laughs) more than 6,000 records of children have been expunged. Wow. Oh, wow. 6,000. More than 6,000. Yeah, it's more than 6,000. Lives ruined. One of those cases was for a kid who was sent away for stealing a jar of nutmeg. Well, what? What the hell were they going to do with stuff? <laughs> maybe. Sorry, maybe, but what I is a know. child doing with nutmeg? Probably mom sent him to the store to get nutmeg. Or do you think it was Can't that thing? Can you get high where, off nutmeg? I was just going to say oh, like that thing you? where it's yeah. like, or it's oh. like. You have to eat so much nutmeg though. It's but like is not. it? I don't know. I don't know if you're just eating nutmeg. It must be something. Di- I don't know. Did it's you try it? No. It's too much nutmeg. I couldn't get through it. No, I was gonna, well, I was going to say that there was that thing like on the internet for a while of people like daring each other to, to like eat a spoonful of cinnamon. Like there was that thing oh, on yeah. the internet where people would eat a we, spoonful like, of cinnamon because yeah, you yeah. choke because it's not yeah. water soluble. You choke? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because you it's not. You get high off of choking? No, no. It's no, not about getting high. It. It's just that like it's like a challenge. Like trying. It's like you can't do it. You're just going like, to blow it all oh, out. You, oh, my God. You try and eat a spoonful of cinnamon, but you can't do it because it's Why? like. It's not water soluble, so it doesn't dissolve in your oh, mouth or anything. So it's just powder. So it's just yeah, powder. it's just powder in your mouth. Mm. So like. How yeah. do you but, know? Because there's a million the videos internet. of people doing oh. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway. But yeah, I, okay. I have heard something about getting high on nutmeg, but. Yeah, I have too. But like, I don't so know. what? He steals a jar of nutmeg. Like, a nut- yeah. anyway, who cares? who cares? Maybe they're trying to make a pumpkin pie. Like, who gives a fuck? It's a jar of nutmeg. Can't you just, like, back in the olden day, you know, like, your parent finds out you steal something, they take you back to the store and return it and make you, like, apologize or whatever? So many children were traumatized by being shackled and then shackled? shipped off to jail. Only Why do they got to shackle the children? Yeah, they, can- they would. Yeah, of course. They're going to shackle you and send you off to jail. And then when they got out of jail, they were shunned by friends and they had a lot of trouble like reintegrating to society. And like you said, they were labeled as like the bad kids. Mm -hmm. So then they have to like live up to that because they're not being accepted. And then parents don't want their kids hanging out with you. Yeah. So, so the whole like children being incarcerated at an extreme rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it started to worry the State Department of Public Welfare auditors. They start like saying, "Like, huh? These numbers are higher than usual." Hmm. Yeah, in two thousand three. Oh, here, no, here's what happened. Mm-hmm. The State Department of Public Welfare auditors in two thousand three noticed that the county was billing the state for the same amount every month for detention services. Mm-hmm. When it should fluctuate. In most other counties, the bill fluctuates based on changing numbers of juvenile offenders each month. Wow. But for whatever reason, hmm, their numbers stayed the same. Like, probably at first they thought, like, huh, I wonder if this is, like, a glitch. Like, something mm-hmm. is something mm-hmm. is wrong. We got to, like, go check, like, their, their whatever, their number machine isn't working. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> their abacus is off. Yes. <laughs> Maybe their room is tilted, so the balls are moving at a faster rate. <laughs> 
In a separate review, state auditors found that the detention centers were systematically overbilling the county and that the centers had fallen behind in their bills and began receiving shutoff notices from utility companies. Oh. So not only were these private detention center children jails overbilling the state, but they weren't paying their own bills. Wow. And so the kids are living in even worse situations because they had no power. Well, they're no living light. in worse situations because well, they're away from their families. But, but yeah, it gets even that. worse than that. Yeah. yeah. In January 2009, the court offered Chivarella a plea. Why? He would plead guilty to wire fraud and income tax fraud for exploiting children for more than $2.6 million <laughs> in kickbacks. From the two private detention centers run by PA Childcare and Western PA Childcare. Did he have to pay restitution? So the only so initially they were just like, oh, we're gonna get you for income tax fraud because you're not paying your income taxes. You're obviously like hiring or you're like hiding your money, and then Mm -hmm. for wire fraud for laundering money. But it's like, what about incarcerating children and ruin ruining their lives? So for that, maybe maybe I mean. Maybe it was just like easier to prove yeah. the other thing, so it was like we can at least put them away right now, because yeah. like the other well, stuff. Yeah, I don't know. The I don't justice know. system is all about making deals, and I feel like especially if you're like a judge or some like higher up, you know, they're gonna try and make a cushy deal for you. Right. So from that, he would have gotten 29 months. Months. Or 87 months in federal prison. I'm not. The numbers vary depending on where you look. And then he had to resign from the bench and the bar, oh, which I thought guy. was a funny way to say it. The bench and the bar. <laughs> this is drunk and, all the time. He's just got to leave that bar. And then he would lose his pension, which, yeah, big deal. Yeah, he already made $2 million. But, so, so they offered him the plea deal. And then he's going on and on about how he didn't do anything wrong. The kids he sent away were bad kids. He was doing oh, it for their no. own good. Like, the parents were too cushy. Whatever, whatever. And he was just like, you know, he protested too much. Uh-huh. So they, because he didn't accept his responsibility, Judge Edwin Kosick rejected the plea bargain. He's good. like, you're not going to accept Ooh, responsibility. Good. Fuck off. Good. Ooh, good. little tough judge to him. Yeah. Uh-huh. So in 2011, Chivarella went to trial. He was charged with, uh, well, he was convicted of racketeering fraud mm-hmm. extortion money laundering Whoa. uh and other charges Whoa. Wow. he was accused of getting 2.8 million dollars to send kids to privately run prisons good he sentenced thousands of kids and sent them to the two private detention centers huh. that were run by his friends thousands in exchange they paid him he was sentenced to 28 years in federal prison. Ooh, good. Ooh. Although he still maintains he did nothing wrong. Is he in prison right now? He is. Good. Ooh, so, good, good. I hope he in gets the documentary, punched every day a right judge in, the face. in prison, probably. Yeah, in the documentary, he was just being, he was just like kept saying like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. And now I don't get to see my kids grow up. And I have grandkids that I'll never see face to face and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, how many children's lives did you ruin? <laughs> And you're still like, I didn't do anything wrong. Sounds like his daddy didn't punch him in the face hard enough. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so then He's being here a just, naughty boy. <laughs> here are just a couple of facts to end this off on. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Two million children 
are arrested every year in the United States. Two million? Two million children. For throwing flip-flops? 95% of those are for non-violent crimes. Oh my so, God. You mean that time that you and I had a slipper fight in our front yard slapping the shit that out of each other? That we have been could have been in the system if we were in Pennsylvania. In Look, my county. legs were so red after that. If they took pictures, they would be like, holy shit, what we happened to you? both had shoe prints on our legs. I mean, you did yell at us to stop and told us to go outside. I should have called the cops. Yeah, you should have. you to the judge. Well, clearly we didn't stop. We no. just went outside. Yeah, and then we got out of our system and we never did it again. That's what I'm saying. Kids are fucking weird. <laughs> yes. That's terrible. We are so weird. And then just God. to like, oh. You make one mistake or you're just having like one slipper fight and all of a sudden then <laughs> you're, you're in jail for three months. Your life is ruined. Yep. Oh, my God. So, 2 million children a year, that's a rate of nearly five times more than any other nation in the world. That's disgusting. 66% of children who have been incarcerated never go back to school. Yeah, because, like, why would you? just totally derail their whole life. Yeah, because they're just going to end up in prison no matter what they do anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this guy, even... So one of the people said that he may not have been involved in the kids for cash thing because he was incarcerating children at a much higher rate even before the private detention centers oh. were a thing. This dude was just jailing children. He just has mental disease. Because he's like sick in the head. Oh, or he was like the child sniffer on uh, Chitty Chitty <laughs> Bang Bang. 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 Look, that's a little, reference that no one's going to get. With his little cage in the back and his big nose. Yeah. And he goes sniffing for children. He did. Why did he sniff for children? Because the king and queen hated ch- Because the king oh, and queen right. didn't like children. Uh-huh. So they wanted all the children gone from their oh. kingdom. So he would uh-huh. collect them. Well, and then in this in this documentary, like his daughter is on one part and she's like basically crying. It was just like, no, it was all Judge Conahan. And my dad was just like a puppet mm. in the scheme. And now he's being punished and like whatever, whatever. No, this dude jailed children. Huh. Like regardless if he's getting cash for it or not, he was jailing That's children. Yeah. Like this guy yeah. sucks. No, he no, clearly didn't yeah. educate himself about like juvenile development before he took this position as a juvenile judge. Like he obviously doesn't know how to work with children or how children work. Like how their minds work. He should never have been responsible for their lives. No. This dude's like fucking awful. Yeah. So that's my story. That's wow. disgusting, Angela. I, I can't know. believe you told us that. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm totally depressed. <laughs> so go watch cry. that documentary. Mm. It's really sad. It's called Kids for Cash, and you can find it on watchdocumentaries.com. Oh. Wow. Yeah, they interview the kids. They interview the judges. Oh, okay. I'll talk to you. Yeah, it's I'm pretty disturbed. Depressing. It's just uh-huh. so it's so horrible to hear. Mm. So, and dude mom, was mom. You have to hear it again next week. When <laughs> <laughs> oh, you listen. <laughs> so, toss salad, scrambled egg. The toss salad and the scrambled egg. A tossed salad, a scrambled egg. The tossed salad. The tossed salad. And the scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway. 
Right, so the tossed salad has more components. The person is able to com compartmentalize. And a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong and they're just completely scrambled. Just one component, one track mind. They're all kinds of mixed up. There's no focus, they're disorganized. Oh man, I feel like, I feel like he, uh, he had his egg scrambled as a child. Some something by with the potentially the having beat. like an abusive father, maybe. Abu yeah, by yeah. being abused. Yeah. And then he just like had a vendetta. Like I don't know. I feel like his dad made him feel so horrible about shitty children. Yeah. That he made it his life goal to punish the well, shitty and children. That's like if he if he's thinking that that's the way to get children to change their behavior is basically by derailing their lives and ruining their lives. Like clearly he has a misunderstanding. About human development. Clearly. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think like he knew what he was doing to some degree. But and he was profit but he was profiting off of listen, it. Listen, to hear him talk oh, he he absolutely seems like he has no understanding of why jailing children is wrong. But that's also like hmm. like psychopathy or something, like just being like a sociopath. He or has like, no not empathy. Exactly. Yep. No, no empathy. So like he I didn't feel develop like the limbic system or whatever to put himself in someone else's perspective. Like he cannot take someone else's perspective on. Clearly, I feel like he is like, you know, when you like put spinach in an omelet, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like a salad <laughs> and a scrambled egg. Uh -huh. I feel like that's what he is. Yeah, because honestly, like, to hear him talk, I'm telling you, he's just, like, he just keeps being, like, I didn't do anything wrong. I, like, don't understand. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I only put away the kids. Like, basically, I only did it for their own good, and I was just trying to, like, <laughs> to scare them straight because I didn't want them to end up in the system. As Like, he does not understand how children operate. Like, he, right. he's just, like, so fucking dumb that he can't even take, like, take a psychology class. Like, learn how children develop and, like, why they are not little people why they're actually he doesn't children. care about that he's not right. actually he in the in the system of children to learn about children and make their lives better he's just in it because he just wants to tell them they're bad children yeah yeah this dude he sucks and the other one conahan sucks and so conahan also got i think he took another plea bargain so he got like 17 years and actually he's just been released from prison because of the coronavirus oh and what? people are upset about it because yeah, they're like back. they're like you need to suffer the consequences of your actions if you're putting children in jail so that they can like suffer the consequences of their Why? actions you need to have the same treatment like who cares like you but need they, to be in jail yeah, I just read a news oh, article sure. that said that he's out because of the virus. Um, Chivarella, I don't know. I didn't see anything about it, but they both no. suck. And then Powell, the like one of the investors building whatever dudes, like no files were charged against him. So they kept all the money that they made off of the scheme. They kept the real justice, wow. I'm sure. Terrible. Also, I don't really understand what a yacht is because I saw a picture of the boat. It didn't look that nice. I'm like, why are you paying $1.5 million for this shitty boat? Hmm. Maybe it I mean, wasn't. The, it said real justice on the back. It looked like a small kind of like fishing boat kind of. For a million know. dollars? Yeah, it did oh. not look nice. I don't know. I don't know, but we're not boaters. We don't know much about boats. Yeah, but what's so. a yacht? 
what qualifies as a yacht? I thought it was a fancy no personal. Idea. Yeah, like a house, seacraft. basically, like a house yeah. on the sea, right? Yeah, <laughs> house on like the that. sea, like a cabin <laughs> and a bar and a water <laughs> house, right? <laughs> sleep and. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I no. I, maybe maybe it went down real low. Remember when like we ba- watched? There was a basement. It did not look like it went down low. <sighs> Remember we watched House Hunters though, and those people wanted to like move on to a boat, yeah. but not like a house, but like a boat boat, right. and they were like expensive yeah, for like yeah, shitty yeah, boats, and they had like tiny rooms, and it did not look good. <laughs> and then maintenance, like. Ugh. Not to mention seasickness. And depreciation. Yeah. It's not like they appreciate like a house. Yeah, no. Yeah. They just fall apart. Yeah. So, bad yes. choice to buy a boat bad for $1.5 million. <laughs> Oof. That makes him a scrambled egg all on his own. What do you think, Mom? I still don't get the analogy, so I don't understand. Scrambled egg and, you know, I say and toss salad. Do you listen scrambled, every time? I do you don't listen get every it? time. I just <laughs> Scra- scrambled egg is like a scrambled like, brain. Yeah, like a yeah, crazy yeah. Person. Like he doesn't. Yeah, like yeah. he doesn't understand fully what he's doing. Well, and maybe say crazy, like crazy, but someone who doesn't you know, understand. It definitely got a scrambled egg. Well, and then a like toss to hear salad him talk, is like yeah, and a toss salad is what they know. Is like that it's more wrong. of like an or like an organized person. Like they can, you know, do a killing Their and be like organized talk. about it. But they're still like. So he's a scrambled egg, yeah. right? What do you think? That's, to yeah. hear to hear him talk, he yeah. like literally doesn't understand. That's awful. I don't know if it's I'm all so- just like a ploy or what, or if he's like really that much of an idiot, but he has like a law degree and was a judge and to be so dumb, like that should not be able to happen. I'm going omelet spinach. <laughs> spinach omelet? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You're not going cob right. salad anymore? We're no, no, he's got way more got egg more than egg. there's more <laughs> yeah. egg to salad ratio. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay, definitely. So should I just tell you my sources first? Sure. So I had Murderpedia, mm-hmm. huh? Wik- Wikipedia, uh-huh. a British GQ article by Robert Chalmers, Ooh. and I watched a YouTube video um, with oh. Dominic Dunn was on narrating. Cool. Okay, so the story about three people <clears throat> and a tragedy, of course. Of, <laughs> of course. Okay. So the three people are Andy Williams. These are before your time. These are old timey anyway. Okay. Andy Williams. How old timey though? Well, I guess I was in my early 20s when this incident happened. Okay. Early 20s. I think like 22. Do you remember? Do you remember it? Like from Oh, then? it bothered me. It bothers me to this day. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it involved three people. Okay. Um, Andy Williams, mm-hmm. Claudine Langer, Ooh. and Spider Savage. Oh. oh, Spider. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you a little about, about each of them, and then I'll tell you about how they intermingled or whatever. Okay? Sounds good. Andy Williams, he was a famous singer around the 60s and 70s. He was like an old-timey kind of like crooner. Yeah, I've heard of I never heard I was never into him, but... Grandma and Grandpa really, you know, liked him, and my grandparents liked him. Older people liked him. Anyway, <laughs> he was a famous singer around the 60s and 70s. He won six Grammy Awards and Whoa. had a TV show called The Andy Williams Show. Oh, was it, it like was, a variety it show? It was a musical variety oh show. Oh, my God. The show won three Emmy Awards, and he sold Whoa. over, and I know this, he sold over 100 million records worldwide. 
I really didn't know well, a lot of this about him. Well, he was big. I know. He was very big. Emmys for his variety show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what kind of variety was on this show? I feel like Emmys are different now than they were then. I think so. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think the choices were like They were just like, well, we've got... Eight shows to choose from. Variety shows. <laughs> yeah, it's like this variety show, that yeah. variety show, this variety show. It's like Lawrence Welk show. And oh, so like, like they want it in the category of variety show. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Oh. <laughs> okay, he was born in 1927. Oh. So he had three brothers, and they used to sing for their Pentecostal church choir when they were kids. So that's Ew. probably where they then learned they to formed- sing. It probably was. Yeah. And then they formed a quartet in 1938. Oh. And they sang together as a quartet until they Barbershop? broke up. Barbershop? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know that In 1949. So I think like it's songs. Yeah, maybe. Okay. okay, so Andy Williams and his three brothers you know, had their quartet. And during their heyday, they were the backup singers for a woman named Kay Thompson. So Kay Thompson was this woman who like was their mentor. They traveled with her and, and she helped promote them. Oh. But interestingly, it was like Kay Thompson and the Williams brothers. Okay. But one time when or during the time they were touring, Andy had a relationship with Kay. <gasps> oh. She was thirty-eight. And he was 19. Ooh. She remained his friend and mentor <laughs> until he got married in 1962. Okay, Angela love loves, loves no. a big gap. A big love. gap. I guess yeah. she's a cougar. Yeah, clearly. I hate an age gap. Uh. Oh, there's some coming up. All right. <laughs> More to oh, no. come. Ew. From 1962. I hate it already. <laughs> Then maybe you'll have empathy for that person, the woman in the story. But <laughs> the woman, the woman, the, the one with the year old. No, 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 a different oh, later. Okay, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> another age gap coming around the, the corner. The star of the tragedy. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh. okay, okay. From 1962 to 1972, he was the most popular singer in the country. I didn't know any of this. He was know. signed on to the biggest recording contract in history. What's his what name? We need uh, to listen Andy to Williams. You don't like his song Moon River. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, I know Moon River. That's a huge song. Oh wait, song. I can't sing it because you know. Oh don't sing it. <laughs> don't sing it. We, we know it. No money. That song gets stuck in my head like from breakfast at Tiffany's, like all the time. Yeah, probably that kind of music. Oh. Okay. Um let's see. I just, that was like his original song. I just know that song because because David knew it on harmonica and we were camping once and then we <laughs> It was the only song he knew on a harmonica, so then we just had to make oh. up lyrics, make up our own oh. words to Moon River, because we didn't Moon know River. it. <laughs> oh. Okay, so he actually continued to be high up on the charts until 1978. He was a crooner. He sang songs like Moon River. His music appealed to, like, my parents and grandparents mm-hmm. and the older generation. They loved yeah. him. He was a very charming man. He seemed really like a nice guy. He had a Seems great smile. Sl- sleazy. Very greasy. I imagine a lot of grease. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No. A pompadour. Yeah. He was very clean cut. No, this is before pompadour. Oh. oh. Okay, so. <laughs> before the invention of the pompadour, you say. <laughs> okay, so unfortunately for his singing style, so when he was like around the, it kind of towards the tip of his charts, the end of his charts, uh-huh. Um, a whole new wave of music was coming. You mean yeah, like better, better music. yeah, like actual yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, 
it pushes music into the background, of course. Yeah, for being like the hugest oh, star ever. Too. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know what's happening. The Beatles. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Stones. Yeah. Andy Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody who? knows Andy Williams. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, uh, but he still had a steady following by the older generation. Oh, I'm sure. They loved him. He was him. huge. He was huge yeah. to them. <laughs> he was well liked and had many friends in high positions, which Mom's will come so into play. <laughs> I mean, to them, he was important. He was. Anyway, he was well liked and had many friends in high positions, which will come oh, into play later in the story. But no, okay. Yeah. Foreshadowing. He and his wife, Claudine, which you'll hear about later. Okay. Uh-huh. We're good friends. This is interesting, too, because I remember this. We're friends to Robert Kennedy and Ethel. Do you guys huh. know Robert Kennedy and Ethel? <laughs> I Senator don't know Robert Ethel. Kennedy ran for president. Yeah. I mean, isn't didn't there like, die? isn't there like just the curse on the Kennedys anyway? So yeah, like, didn't he yeah. die? Oh yeah, all of them. So you you wow. know maybe if you know a Kennedy, you're cursed too. Didn't he die? Well, when he was like, yeah. Look, can I continue? Oh, is look. that why you're ignoring me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't know. <laughs> we'll Neither one of us want to acknowledge Claudine that we don't and know. Andy so we're good friends to Robert Kennedy and <laughs> Ethel. In fact, Andy Williams and Claudine mm-hmm. were at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. This makes me sad. Oh, <laughs> oh. The night that Robert Kennedy was shot. Oh, I guess he was. Oh, he no. was. Mom knew she he did. Was. I really liked him. Yeah. Yeah. So they were going on. They were going to go out that night. Oh. And so I guess they were up in his hotel room waiting for him. And, you know, oh. he had won the primary and everybody yeah. was all happy. And then he got shot. Oh, yeah. man. In fact, eventually they ended up naming one of their children Robert. Oh. Mm. Anyway, Bobby. before this tragedy. Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. But before this tragedy, so we have to go back in time a little bit when he met Let's Claudia. go back in time a little bit and say Ethel is like the most old lady name. <laughs> but it's so cute on little kids today. Ethel? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> you knew a little. Look at him, Ethel. Did... Little baby Ethel. <laughs> have you ever encountered anyway, a baby Ethel? I've no, never encountered an Ethel, no. period. Me neither. Ethel Mertz. You... Have you encountered <laughs> Ethel Mertz? <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, before this tragedy, in yeah. 1960, Williams met Claudine Langer. She was she a French? dancer, of course. Uh, oui. Uh, oui. Oui. She was a dancer at the Tropicana in Las Vegas. Ooh. According to the information I found, one source said that Andy was riding along in his limo in Las Vegas when he spotted a damsel in distress. Oh. There was a car broken down on the side of the this. road. He had his driver pull over, uh-huh. and there was a petite French woman with dark hair and eyes, and I think... So I'm thinking with her sweet smile, batting eyelashes, and oh, sexy God. accent that the crooner <laughs> swooned. <laughs> he came to her rescue, and they married shortly afterwards. Uh-oh. And now this is going to gross you out. She was 18, no. and he was 32. No. <laughs> Not only no. did he become her ticket to fame, uh-huh. eventually he saved her ass. So, oh. did you Do you know what she, what she looked like? Is she cute? She's pissed there because she's going to trial. She looks pretty French. She oh yeah, show not the picture. Just Andy and Claudine. What is right? She just looks like a gen like a regular white woman with dark hair. I feel like she looks French. 
that really like she had an is that accent. him that's andy yeah look how much older he looks than her wait let me see well, the picture then, again that's probably in 70 something mom printed not i think mom printed pictures <gasps> oh i want to say that no i, I want to <laughs> say i want to acknowledge mom for printing out all of her sources <laughs> <laughs> and taking notes and printing out well, her actual <laughs> no <laughs> i don't do that <laughs> But I just think, look at this. Sta- wait, look at this stack I of notes. All my paper. One second. This realize. is how much she printed out. Look at this stack of paper. Oh, wait, Wikipedia gives you a lot of paper. <laughs> Murderpedia is concise. But anyway. It's like a huge stack. Okay. Well, you know, this is going to sound terrible, so I want to redo this because I got a little teary with okay. Robert Kennedy. Oh, how And I'll probably get worse with Spider oh, Savage, no. so I don't think I can handle this wasn't story. Sp- Spider's a skier, wasn't he? Excuse me. Oh! <laughs> She's ignoring <laughs> So who was Claudine Langer? Yeah, who, who was, was she? She was born in Paris, France in 1941. Uh-huh. She was a moody singer. Ugh. She's like, oh, like I really Super didn't care for her French. music. Yeah, Did like, she like blue, lay blue, on blue. a piano and was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but if she hadn't married someone famous, her career would have fizzled out quickly, in my opinion. Ooh. All references. Mom's throwing shade. Uh, into her. <laughs> All references that I found of music. Oh, let's see. Website. All references that I found of musical acting accomplishments came after her marriage to uh, Andy Williams. Uh-huh. She had bit parts in TV Whoa. shows like McHale's Navy, which you guys have never heard of. No. But I grew up with these shows. Yeah. Hogan's Heroes. Zachary used to watch Hogan's Heroes. Oh. <laughs> well, she and then her singing style was called. <laughs> he watched like those old uh, military it shows because I think his dad watched McHale's them. Navy and like Mash and stuff. I was like, I don't know what those are. Oh, like, Mash oh. is good. You guys yeah. get the humor now. No, he loved all those shows. When he was little. <laughs> we watched like what I Dream of Genie and. And I Love Lucy, yeah. and he was watching, like, those military shows. Her singing style was called Bossa Nova, soft oh. rock and French pop. So, do you, but do you think that she kind of helped his career? Because she was, Hell like, no. a hot new thing, and he was kind of dated, no. and he was... He was still big when they married. Yeah. They got married in 60 It seemed like he, whatever his connections were... Were the reason that he she helped got, her along yeah. because, yeah. as I will say later too, he had it. Though I said he had the Andy Williams show. Guess who got to guest star a lot? Oh, oh. wait, she wasn't like a co-host. No, Uh-oh. she just guest star because kind of like Doctor Phil's wife is like always at the end and walks with him. Yeah, at the are end they going to divorce? <laughs> are they? I think I read that. <clears throat> no, so. Doctor. Anyway, Phil. she and Andy had three kids together. Remember wow. one, Bobby. Little Bobby. Oh, yeah, Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> they seem like a happy couple and remained married until they separated in 1970 and divorced in 1975. Time out. They were, like, together for, like, 10 years and had three kids and then they were, Yeah, like, I think done. they had kids pretty quickly. Clearly. Mm-hmm. She wanted to, like, you know, nail that down. Guarantee <laughs> some child support there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I could not find any reason for their separation and divorce, but this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> think about it. In 1970, she was 28. All of his friends and acquaintances were a lot older than her, yeah. including her, well, including her husband. Yeah. There was a musical revolution, and sex, drugs, and rock and roll were beginning to pick yeah, up speed. Yeah, get it, girl. I can't help thinking that little Claudine was getting bored and wanted a taste of the For party sure. lifestyle. She's or... 28. He's like, what, 50? And she missed whatever. out on that, too, because she's well, yeah. when she was 18 or and 19. She, okay, wait. Okay, wait. You're 28 years old. Hold on. You have three kids. You're married to some dude in his, like, late 50s, Who early 60s. 
late 50s. You're, you're time out. TikTok. You're married to someone in his late 50s, early 60s. No, no. He wasn't that old. <laughs> He's like 20 years older than her. So late 40s, early 50s, right? Yeah. yeah. 38, 40. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So he's like 50 or so. And you're like mm-hmm. this, you know, hot And French... all this stuff happening. Yeah. Fuck, I'd be I mean, like, part of it too. Paul McCartney, George yeah. Harrison. Look, I mean, look at all those hot guys you can be with. You can, if you can get one like famous singer, get oh. more. Well, I was going to be a, a wrench in your spoke, but I was oh. thinking the other way around. If what? he is... In his 30s, going after an 18-year-old, maybe she got too yeah. old for him. Maybe oh. the summer of love was coming up, and he wanted some of that <laughs> summer of love. And well, she he was rejected yeah. the Randy kind of guy. She was thing. an old he maid, was. but he was on top as like this crooner, and you know, yeah, he didn't need to project. But that. he was Everyone on his was way down now him. these years. In his late 40s, his life was over. Life because was of over. what's happening in life at the time, you know, with music, I think. Anyway, she liked the spotlight. Oh, let's see. Let's see. Um, she likes the spotlight, which she could only achieve through famous partners, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. well, you said her singing skills were, like, yeah. not on par. So, yeah, clearly. What did she have to lose? So, through her divorce, she would get money. Yeah. A nice place to live. Yeah. Child support for three children. And, woohoo, the world was hers. Well, and for young children, too. So, that's, like, child support for a long time. Yeah. 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 During her separation, he, of course, supported them. And I read that their divorce settlement was very generous. million. This is like in 75. Holy shit. I couldn't find info on why they separated, but I think the divorce was because by then she had met her next victim. Should we uh, adjust for inflation? Yeah, could you? What was that? 2.1 million in 1975. Ooh. How much? 10 million. Wow. Today. Wow. So she was living pretty ritzy. During their separation, get this, she lived with her three kids in her. Malibu Beach uh, Beach Mansion. Oh, beach Mansion. <laughs> they didn't say beach house. They said beach mansion. Well, you'd have to say mansion if it's a mansion. Yeah, it seems like she lived a charm life after seeing Mr. After marrying Mr. Williams. Was it called Real Justice? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna venture out and say that it was her lucky day when she met Andy Williams. Well, I mean, it wasn't though. She was a damsel in distress. Her car had just broken down. But she had he to saved bat her. her eyelashes with her sexy french accent she did a lot of work that day she did and she was a dancer at the tropicana so yeah she was making her way and he had his variety show and she was a frequent guest go figure i remember watching his annual christmas show at my grandparents house many years we used to watch it claudine (laughs) would of course be a part of the show what'd you think of her then i really never liked her Towards the end of the episode, she would parade her little children out on the show. Oh, so you could see how wonderful they all were. Of course. You know? And then you were just like rolling your eyes. Yeah, like, I don't know uh, why I didn't. I mean, I just never really liked her singing style. <laughs> and I don't know. Anyway, so now on her own, she frequently traveled to Aspen, Colorado oh. to hang out with the rich and famous. It was like a big party hot spot in Aspen, For Colorado sure. at the time. Mm-hmm. Aspen is still like, whoo. Okay, and that's where she met Spider (laughs) Savage at a celebrity ski exhibition. Hmm. She wanted to meet him again and arranged to meet him through a friend that she knew. Mm. So let me type out Spider. Please do. Also, I mean, with the name Spider, I think that is a great name. I think he was a my child Spider. Oh my god! Do you have a picture? 
He was so good like, looking. Like, all those and papers you got. I thought he was got... the coolest guy oh, ever. Oh, I, really I was in love with Spider. Oh, I was in love with Spider. He was, oh. he was just the epitome of cool. So his name was really, he was born. Oh, here's, here's And all of that you need to have. A better picture of her. Here's Claudine and... when she was a better picture. <laughs> <laughs> you better edit this thing out. I swear. It's terrible. Anyway. What do you think? She just looks she's like not, a generic. She just looks like a. She looks like a very generic. No, spider later anyway. White Oops. woman, just like the other picture of her. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah. So spider, I didn't know he was born in Sacramento, California. <gasps> Shut the door. What? His dad was a highway patrol officer. I didn't. I didn't really what? know that. I don't know. Why I had such a connection to him. I couldn't oh, know how old was I. Oh. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> anyway, he was born in 1945. Okay, I would name my child Spider in a heartbeat. That, that wasn't that his name. Badass name. <laughs> his name is Vladimir, like his dad. Oh, that's not a good oh, name. But Vlad, when he was born, Vlad is he cool. Mature, yeah, Vlad. And he, he was like a spider. And he had a really arm, long arms, no. and long legs. So his dad called no. him Spider. <laughs> so ever, but come on, he was like this hot. Skier named Whoa! Spider. I think that's Mom. a cool name. And you can't, yeah. can I shuffle through those papers? I need to see a picture. Yeah, shuffle through I'll those. I'll look it up right Find now. Him. I'm looking it up. Okay. I gotta know so what So anyway, he was born in Sacramento, California in 1945. Um, and Did you know him while he was uh Oh yeah, skier? I used to watch, well, I used to watch the skiing. I watch the Olympics. Cause oh yeah, anyway, Grandma always yet, loved anyway. the Winter yeah. Olympics. Yeah, and Grandpa too. So we loved him. <laughs> so, um... His dad got transferred to Kybers. Mm, you know no. by Placerville Kybers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, so oh, he, that's why, where he grew up. Know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they moved there. Well, let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to read my notes here. I got Mom, a lot. this guy is, like, not that hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm trying so to find, like, a good picture. He lived in Sacramento until 1950 when his dad got transferred, like I said, mm-hmm. um, on Highway 50 southwest of Lake Tahoe. He went to a very small elementary school in Kybers. He was even an altar boy there. Kathy King is brother oh. altar boys. He had a brother and a sister, a brother Steve and a sister Mary. Well, Angela and, and I, but, Angela and I can relate because we were altar children. We can. We <laughs> okay. could have been his children, okay. and we would have taken after our father. <laughs> so he went to a very <laughs> small <laughs> elementary school in Kybers. He and his siblings went to school in the summer and skied in the winter. Well, yeah. Fortunately for the family, a new ski hill, Idlewise, opened down the road from their house. The kids became slope rats. That's what they, they had in mm-hmm. parentheses. I mean, I, yes. What are Quotes. those? <laughs> Quotes. He strapped I mean, I on his first pair of ski boots. Are you looking him up? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen him. Oh, you are? I'm looking okay, at him. Show me. If you find a hot one, show me. He strapped on his first pair of ski boots <laughs> and his first skis when he was five years old. Oh, can you oh, imagine? Little tiny skis. I know. Oh, so <laughs> They'd be like so Little tiny. spider. <laughs> Soon he oh. and his brother Steve were asked to join the youth ski team at Idlewise. And by the way, Idlewise eventually became Camp Sacramento, oh. which I didn't know. Oh. He and his brother had lessons from a German ski instructor, and soon were su- uh, and soon were stars among the fearless young racers. They're probably like the super jocks. 
They became known as the Highway 50 Boys. <laughs> oh, my God. The yeah. Highway 50 Boys. They were soon winning race after race, winning against skiers who had better equipment and from ritzier ski resorts around Kuipers. Oh. Yeah, represent. Soon, the Savage Boys caught the eye of Bob Beatty, a ski coach at the University of Colorado. Oh. Two of Beatty's team members, you guys haven't heard of these guys, Billy the Kid mm-hmm. and Jim Huega, won the silver and bronze in the Solemn at the Innis Book Olympics in Austria. And I don't have the year. Sorry about that. Hmm. Mm. That the is, Brothers, now we'll never know. I know. You just have to look up <laughs> Innsbruck. a lot. <laughs> Am I going too fast? No, it's good. No, no, okay. keep going. The Savage Brothers won ski scholarships to the University of Colorado. Oh, shit. Mm. I know. Steve suffered a knee injury, but Spider oh. got a spot on the U.S. Olympic team in Grenoble, France. Wow. He practiced hard, sometimes doing 25 practice runs in one day. Holy shit. I mean, skiing was his life. Wait, he, made... he got, like, recruited by a French ski team? I think it was German ski instructor no but he you said he was no the olympics in, in france. france oh okay he was oh okay 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 so you got that should i read it again no no it's fine i got <laughs> okay. it i got it there are two things interesting about spider wait, wait one more thing when his brother injured his knee to that end his yeah and I, didn't, oh. I didn't hear any more about him skiing oh that's too bad yeah but okay I'm... go ahead yeah Anyway, there were two things. This guy, Beatty, said there were two things interesting about Spider. Mm-hmm. He had a great sense. I mean, this is quote. Okay. He had a great sense of humor and a lot of flair. Oh. You see, and he was a great looking guy. See? <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay, just well, that, The ski instructor says it. So Very spirited. He always, uh, see, but he also majored in engineering when he came to Colorado. Wow, okay. super His smart. mind worked very thoroughly as an engineer's would. Man. He had these two opposite sides to him. I mean, he was just the perfect guy. Just dreamboat, oh. mom. <laughs> I, remember wa- I remember watching him in the 1968 Winter Olympics. Oh. Um, How'd he do? Well, she didn't know. She was just looking at his tiny mishaps and his little tiny tiny pants. (laughs) He placed fifth. I think he was 21 years old at the time. I think that's still quite an accomplishment. You know, people that get into the Olympics, that is big in itself. Yeah, yeah. You know, people feel like failures if they don't get a medal. But oh my gosh, even can you imagine all the training to be a part of the Olympics? And then if you, like, make a mistake, can you imagine how bad you'd feel? Yeah, like even that, though you made it. Like your whole life for that know, one day. And then, oh, that's so much pressure. You know. That's why I never went into athletics, Oh, that's Mom. why you didn't that's go to the Olympics. Why. I just couldn't face the pressure. <laughs> so he placed fifth. Um, but that was still impressive to me. He went on to- <laughs> this guy didn't Mom be impressive to you, Mom. Yeah. You're like, I love. <laughs> they have a little video of him just skiing. Oh, I will watch it. Watch that little Maybe video. Maybe you have to see him in movement <laughs> yeah. to understand. Yeah. Oh, he was just cute anyway. Uh-huh. No, you said he was hot. He was hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, i got to find my place now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a little distracted over here. <laughs> Okay, so he went on to ski successfully, winning one victory in the slalom and 18 top 10 finishes. Not in the Olympics, but uh-huh. after spending three years in Europe, 
He joined Beatty's professional ski racing team. And once you became professional, then you were out of the Olympic contention because they can be professional. Mm. What? Is that still true? I don't think so. I think it's changed, but yeah, I really don't I know. I think people have, like, professional careers. Well, then, well, all the other countries, you know, they're professional athletes. Well, isn't that the, the goal US. of the Olympics? Yeah, to, like, have get your best, best athletes yeah. and then have, like, a career of well, it? Well, right, and they always have to have sponsors from yeah. the U.S. They could never, it wasn't like the U.S. sponsored them, like, paid for them like other countries did right. for their athletes. But anyway, um, so he, when he joined the professional, anybody else that joined it were no longer in the Olympics. Um, that is so insane. So he was in Europe for three years. He came home. Uh, he joined Beatty's professional ski racing team. His brother, Steve, was a contractor. He built Spider a chalet in the oh. exclusive Starwood section of Aspen. Wow. His neighbor was, you probably don't know this guy, John Denver. <laughs> Singer. Do you know John, John Denver? Musician? Singer. Yeah. He was a star both on and off the team. He was well-liked and quite a hunk. Mm. <laughs> again and again, mom's driving home well, the point. Well, before I ad-libbed, I wrote uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Look, we just want to make it clear, this guy is fucking hot. Well, apparently he's hotter than the other guy because she wrote it down. Well, and he's like, like <laughs> And other people once. said it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but here's his quote. He had the same type of charisma you see in movie stars. Wow. Yeah, that it factor. He did, he did. Mm-hmm. In 1972, mm-hmm. he was participating in a celebrity ski exhibition in Bear Valley, California, oh. 25 miles from where Spider grew up in Kyberts. Unfortunately wow. for Spider, Savage, our femme fatale, Claudine, was invited to the exhibition. Uh-oh. She met Spider and wanted to meet him again. So she talked, I told this before, a friend yeah, of yeah. hers into, okay, redundant. At 31, Spider was at the peak of his career. He was the top slalom racer, making over 200000 a year. Oh, wow. shit. That was a lot. Yeah, Claudine that's still set a lot. her sights on him, and too bad for him. Uh-oh. She dated him for <laughs> she dated him for a year, going back and forth to her little home in Malibu and back to Aspen. Oh, can you imagine those are your two like flying homes, on the jet? You know, Aspen probably, yeah. and Malibu. After so that, rich. Spider invited Claudine and her children to move in with him. Oh wow! He went from carefree bachelor to family man, which caused conflicts, especially when your lifestyle undergoes major changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess in the beginning, their relationship was good. They hung out with the other rich and famous partying and having a good time. According to his brother, Steve, Spider smoked, drank, and did whatever the rest of us did. Let's not forget, those were the 60s and 70s. Yeah, well, so they're so they rich, partying. though. They could hire, but, like, nannies. Let's not forget. They don't need to that, raise those Well, kids. that's what I even put in here, too. So. Wow. Then things started to change. Claudine, mm-hmm. who had three children to take care of, na- I put nannies probably did the taking yeah, care of. Yeah, I would imagine. Of, and Spider, whose lifestyle had changed, were not getting along at all at that time. Mm-hmm. She was jealous of the attention he got uh, from others, especially women, and her nice sweet veneer began to crack. Well, oh, yeah, she's not well, going to like it. If he's uh, gone, he's getting all the attention. Angela taught us what? about rubbing strawberries on our teeth that would help our cracking veneer. Be, no, no, Be no, great no, no. white, no. white cracked veneer. No, no, that doesn't help cracking veneer. Well, it helps it look whiter. Whiten veneer. Yeah, whiten your cracking veneer, so at least. If they're cracking, you need to go to a dentist. <laughs> So in 1973, Spider suffered a compressed vertebrae injury. Ooh, that he continued bad. skiing. Oh. Um. 
two ski compatibly. I put compressively. <laughs> the following three he probably seasons. was skiing compressively. <laughs> the following three seasons. But his injury hampered his performance. Yeah, of course. So I guess during these three years when he was injured, their relationship had grown contentious. Mm. She Aww. would be upset if Spider wasn't giving her enough attention. Ew. She forbade him. Bad? Forbade. forbade. <laughs> she forbade. She forbade. 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 She didn't forbade. She did forbade. What? She forbade. What? Right. forbade. She forbade. She forbade him. She forget. No. Forbid. <laughs> she forbade him. Okay. She forbid him to go to cer- certain events. Like there was what like a, a wet t-shirt contest. And let him go. Well, wow. wow. really? It's not the classiest no, event you could that. go to. Anyway. Yeah, that's probably uh, one I'd skip. She threw tantrums. And shortly before his death, Spider confided in France that his relationship with Claudine was heading for a split. But um. Claudine was not having it. According to Spider's sister-in-law, which I found out... He used to date her before he, her and his the brother got together. Yeah, okay. so she was That's on the video. So she weird. was on the YouTube, and she was talking about how he said he wanted her to leave, and she just wouldn't do it. That's and he so just didn't know what to happens, do. Though, I know. You know, keep it in the family, well, I guess. Well, so any what. What? Never mind, I forgot. Well, and then he felt bad because he really liked her kids and what didn't want to push her. Oh, you know? that's the worst. Oh, yeah. what I was gonna say well, was so. So she she knew him before she like she kind of had her eyes on him then. No, the, no, no. The sister in law. The, the sister in law was married now to Steve and then married his brother. And so oh. she was on the video saying yeah. this about her that that Spider had confided in her that he really that they weren't getting along he and Claudine weren't yeah. getting along he wanted her to leave but she wouldn't do it yeah so anyway um she uh said she, he told her to move out numerous times but she refused uh, she was probably pissed that for the first how, time in her life somebody rejected her how do you ref- like if you're living in someone else's house and they tell you to leave how do you just like refuse no no is that your French accent no <laughs> He said he had a soft spot for her kids, so he didn't push the issue until he'd had enough. In March of 1976, he gave her till April 1st deadline to move out. Good for him. Laying down boundaries. Boundaries, though. On the day of March 21st, Spider went skiing, then met with Bob Beattie. Remember his ski coach? Claudine went shopping, stopped for a glass of wine, returned home in time for her kids to come home from school. Spider came home soon after she had that. She a glass of wine while her kids were still in school, and, so like in the morning. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like she had her day of leisure. She could do whatever she wanted. I mean, that's the kind of mom I want to be. Yeah. Kids are at school, go shopping. Yeah. Come home, wait for them to get delivered. <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. the nanny come and take care of yeah. them from there. <laughs> so then Spider came home soon after. He was going to go out that evening, and some sources say he invited her, but some say he didn't invite her, so she's probably pretty pissed. Uh-huh. So he went into the bathroom, and he showered and according to one source he must have been shaving because his back was to the door oh no Claudine walked into the bathroom, shot him, and called for help. Spider lost too much blood and died on the way to the hospital with Claudine at his side. She shot him and called for help? What? 
And then well, went to the hospital yeah. with so him. So I thought it must have been horrible when the only person you have with you yes. you're dying is the person who yes. tried to kill you. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. You just yes. want to get away so that's from so them. That's so sad. Yeah. Also, the person you're trying to kick out of your house and she's like, no, I won't leave. Yeah. And she then said, she shoots no, you and then goes the to the accent. hospital no. with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? No. Okay. I did not and shoot him. I did not. in the head. So now we're going to go to the trial, but I want to quote this from Robert Chalmers from the British GQ, because mm-hmm. he really nailed it. He said, okay. Claudine Langer left France in pursuit of the American dream. She found it as a chanteuse actress and socialite. Mm. Then in 1976, she was accused of killing her lover, the skiing legend Spider Savage. But it was the outcome of her trial, which makes you so mad, in the high-living haunt of Hunter S. Thompson that really shocked the nation. What? Talk about rich Did privilege. he write about it then? He did. He was like, oh, well, I he told read. you. He wanted to run for, oh, let me yeah, read about yeah, the yeah. trial. No, but did he like read, <coughs> did he write? I don't know if he ever wrote anything about her. Because that would be so interesting. You have to, no, you I love his writing. I will. Okay. Also, I didn't realize that his name was Savage, not Savage. Oh, savage. savage. <laughs> I thought it was savage. Did I, say savage. I was like, what a name, Spider Savage. Savage? <laughs> no. Oh. No, and I want to do this because I think he deserves some recognition. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so she spent that night, her that tragic night at her neighbors, John and Annie Denver. She was too shaken up to be alone. How was she not arrested immediately? Yeah, was she shaken up <laughs> yeah, from, from shooting yeah. him in the back? Oh, it was accidental. How oh, was that an accident? Well, I will tell you. I mean, can I just... I was just aiming well, the gun at him. My finger slipped. Now, I don't now, know. let's be fair. She was probably carrying the gun to the bathroom to wash it in the sink because well, it had gotten yeah, dirty. Yeah. And she well, was... she has a good plausible story. <laughs> okay, I want to oh, hear this. Oh, does she? The ridiculous thing is people believed it. Oh, so Anyway. <laughs> people will believe anything. Right. She was too shaken to be alone, so she she went to his funeral no. and burial in California. Uh, no. When she went back to Aspen, she found out that she was being charged with reckless manslaughter. <sighs> a <laughs> felony with a maximum sentence of 10 years in prison ten and a $30,000 fine. 10 years oh. for murdering someone who in she's supposed blood. to love. Like I told you, when you murder Her somebody. Her children were there, weren't they? Yeah. Well, so she murdered someone in a house with her children present uh-huh. and got reckless oh, manslaughter. Oh, no. Just wait. Oh, it no. Oh, oh, no. She hired Aspen lawyer Ron Austin, and she had a hired gun criminal defense attorney from Los Angeles, courtesy of her ex-husband, Andy Shut Williams, up. who rushed to be at her side. What a Remember that dick. Andy was pretty famous celebrity with some high-powered friends. Yeah. He couldn't let anything happen to his uh, petite shoo-shoo. Petite shoo I that's my French teacher. What does that mean? My little cabbage. It's a term of endearment. Oh, my God. Petite shoo-shoo. Claudine claimed that the shooting was an accident. She simply took the gun loaded into the bathroom to have Spider show her how to shoot it. In the bathroom while he's showering. Before he goes goes out. out. Uh Yeah, yeah. Is it? That the perfect time and place to have someone show you so how to like, shoot a gun. So she's like, oh, well, he was going out. I was going to be home alone. And he needed to know how to shoot a gun in Aspen. <laughs> in the rich, yeah. Yeah, we're off, like, okay. Mm-hmm. So the trial was to take place in Aspen in January 1977. Andy, the dutiful ex-husband. Okay, what is his deal? He escorted her to and from court each and every day. What the hell is his deal? Is he think he he's going to win her back? With her. He is such think- a shoe shoe 
<laughs> what is what does this woman have over these people? She's I, not even that cute. Right? Femme fatale. No, she wasn't cute. Like maybe maybe just like the other guy it's it's different in real life. <laughs> I didn't mean to sound insulting by saying she looked French. <laughs> it was yeah, kind of insulting. Yeah, any of our French was it rude? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Well, it's just like the dark, you know, like the dark hair, the dark eyes, and the light skin. The, like moody singer. Her little, her I just feel like that's small like feature. Yeah, I just feel like that's yeah. like so French. But now I don't like her. So <laughs> sorry. So <laughs> you would think this case is cut and dried, right? Murder one, yeah. life in prison, but no. And endangering children for shooting a gun in a house with kids in the house. Well, it's the seventies. They don't really, you know. So unfortunately, the police important. made two critical errors oh, that went right into the defense case. Well, here. Wait, before so these are Aspen cops. They're probably not used to murders happening in Aspen. No, and right? then she's got these high power lawyers. Yeah, so of course they're gonna make mistakes. They don't know what to do. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So anyway, um without a warrant, they took blood sample from her. They confiscated her diary. Now the one guy on the on the video said that the diary was in plain sight on the dresser. Mm-hmm. He took it and went to read it. Mm-hmm. So the photographer came and took pictures, and it wasn't in the picture oh, on the dresser. Oh. So then they said that he took it out of the drawer, oh. and therefore he couldn't they couldn't use it. The blood sample showed cocaine in her blood, and her diary contradicted her claim that she and Spider had a good relationship. Yeah, well, anyone could contradict that, though. Right. Yeah, that's true. Frank Tucker, the prosecutor, said after reading her diary, she was an over-the-hill glamour puss. And she was not going to lose <laughs> another man. What does that mean? She's over the hill. What's a glamour puss? Where she's oh, like, she's I am so good. I am too good for yeah, all yes. this. I'm. See, that's rude. Your French accent invitation <laughs> is rude. Sorry, sorry. That anyway. So Claudine <clears throat> took the witness. Well, stand. she's not losing another man. The one she divorced, and clearly he's still like a puppy dog following her around. Yeah, obviously she don't lose him. And the other one, she was just like all pissed and coked out, so she shot him. Like that's not losing someone. That's murder. She pushed so him she out the, the door. She, he didn't get lost. <laughs> yeah, shoo, shoo. Shoo, Well, shoo. I don't know, because I really, I don't <laughs> know what this, I told you I couldn't find any circumstances, but my thought was that she wanted to go out to greener pastures or whatever. So anyway, she took the witness stand. Well, here's the thing. If she's like super controlling anyway, which it sounds like she was, and she wouldn't leave his house and all of that, and she'd like, she was super jealous, and he's like, you have a deadline to get out of my fucking house, and then he's like going to go out and move on. Well, and if she's not married to him, she's not going to get any she's of gonna his lose stuff. Everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Except she already had millions of dollars anyway. Well, I think it's more of a control thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's well, that thing where it's like, if I can't behind. have you, you're going to kick me out, exactly. then no one can have you. And she's all coked out on top of that. Like, this woman's out of her mind. Plus, she's got to have so. her glam puss lifestyle continue. <laughs> That's right. Glamour puss. Sorry, well, glamour yeah, she's not going to get another man when she's an over-the-hill glamour puss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. so, like, derogatory, though, right? It's like putting women in glamour I think just not gonna call I, a guy a glamour. Puss. No, but I think just I the way would. she presented herself pissed a lot of people <laughs> off at the time. Listen, seriously. I'm gonna start calling everyone a shoo shoo and a glamour. Me puss. too. <laughs> New vocab word. Oh, Mrs. Madame Davis said that was a term of endearment. Oh, Madame Davis. Yes. But the shoo shoo. Okay. Davies. Davis. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> 
She took the witness stand and played the poor innocent victim. She was very dramatic. Oh, I didn't know which pause. way the bullet came out the gun. Yeah, I'm just having him show me how to shoot it. And she had said to him, is the safety on? Supposed to be said no. And she pretended to shoot bam, bam. And oh, the gun went off. He was right. The safety wasn't on. <laughs> like, what? I know. What the fuck? <laughs> Another prosecution faux pas was... Oh, no. The gun was mishandled by non-weapons experts. Oh, God. Since the prosecution could not... And I'm thinking this prosecution, probably an Aspen, probably doesn't really try murder cases. No, for sure not. Yeah, so they should have pulled somebody else in. Yeah. So, um, they... Especially one that's so high profile. Yeah, like this, everybody was watching. It was big. It really was. The gun was mishandled anyway. So since the prosecution could not use any of these items, the gun, the diary, the blood test, they used the autopsy report to show that Spider had been shot as he was bent over, facing away at least six feet from her. Not like she described with him closer, showing her how to operate the gun. Yeah, obviously she stood back and shot it. Yeah, Um, or walked in the bathroom and shot him. Well, yeah, maybe you can't use the diary, but you can ask like... Friends and family about the relationship. So this gets worse. Right? That's like all hearsay. Well, also, what's the blood test? Okay, so she was on cocaine, but that's like... So she that was doesn't drugged out. You know, like... No, but it could have painted a picture of her as being a little more than oh, just Oh, not like as sweet, much of a innocent. petite shoe yeah. show as everyone thought yeah. she was? Uh-huh. Okay. The jury evidently <laughs> believed the poor innocent murderer. No. And after four days of testimony and three hours of deliberation. Three hours? Get this. They found her guilty of a lesser charge. Oh. Misdemeanor criminal negligence. What? Is, well, misdemeanor, not a felony. After three hours uh-huh, of deliberating. all the time they talked mm-hmm. about it. Well, okay, wait. This was tried in Aspen. Yes. So all these people like knew her, right? Aspen's like a no. small, rich community. How are they not taking this elsewhere? Plus, not not to mention she's it like wealthy, so different. she so yeah. The, yeah. the lawyer yeah. that she hired and her ex husband's wealthy. He paid it for everything. Yeah, that's bullshit. So anyway, get this is even worse. No. <laughs> so not only does she have a misdemeanor, her fine was two hundred fifty dollars. What? And for the, murder? Yes. And the judge sent her to 30 days in jail. But when she felt like coming in, it wasn't even consecutive. What? She could just like so go judge, in for a day oh, yeah, and then like leave. Yeah, whenever you feel. Cause then like you can Epstein. Take, you can take care of your children. Yeah, so yeah. that's more important. Oh, so how many actual abuse victims yeah. kill their spouse yeah. or their mate and are put in prison? Even if they have five kids, they're mm-hmm. put yeah. in forever. Even if it was truly self-defense and yes. hers wasn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, the judge allowed her to choose the best days to serve. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> that arrangement would allow oh, her. Oh, sorry. That conflicts with my wine and shopping day. <laughs> in like a ne- the next week wow. like i told you you cold-bloodedly murder somebody you should get out of jail when that person comes back to life yeah. you know mm-hmm. because she went on her life but anyway mm-hmm. so she chose to spend most of her sentence on weekends this is a quote from wikipedia critical reaction to the verdict and sentencing was exas- exacerbated when she subsequently vacationed in Mexico at a seaside location with her defense attorney, oh. Ron Austin, who was married at the time oh. and had two children. Whoa. He eventually abandoned his wife and kids and married Claudine. What wow. does she have? I don't get it. She's a fan I don't get it either. I don't get it. So, um, 
And then... Wow. Andy Williams remarried eventually. He died in 2012. After the trial... She didn't even go back to him. He, like, supported her and, like, paid for the defense attorney. The defense attorney's the one that got her in the end. Yeah. But not the high-powered one from L.A. The Uh, one from uh, from Aspen. Oh, my God. Uh So after the trial, the Savage family initiated a civil proceedings to sue Langer. It was eventually settled out of court with the provision that she could not write about her, write about or tell her story. That's why they went to court. They didn't want money. That's why people usually go to court Uh is to get them to not. And so, oh, and then, well, but I want to read something else here, so I'm going to get cut in. So Hunter S. Thompson what is going to run for sheriff in Pitkin County in Aspen. Mm-hmm. And his manifesto would be, besides renaming Aspen to Fat City, Support he would it. have the responsibility of overseeing the case against Langer. Ooh. I guess he didn't like she her. She would have gone away for a lot longer and if he she, was in charge. It's his, and this is a quote from the British GQ again. It's certainly acceptable, some might, some say desirable for a female icon to radiate a sense of recklessness and danger. But in Langer's case, the events of that Sunday afternoon shifted the emphasis so firmly from femme to fatale oh. that even now, many have not forgotten her. She's still widely de tested in aspen mm, it's that's so some sad. good writing i know well yeah fuck that bitch what it said his shooting remains the most incredible story mm. that the aspen times had carried in the modern era even if you include the 2005 suicide of hunter s thompson in nearby woody creek the last death very sadly was more predictable well yeah because he told people about it yeah but that's like well, yeah, because nothing happens in Aspen. You know, it's like very safe. It's a bunch of rich yeah, people. Right. Like nothing happens. No. So of and course it's going to go down. Oh yeah, my God. And course. she ended his life. And she yeah. went on to go live her own life, married somebody else. Like if she yeah. would have just left him alone yeah. and went on and lived her life like she was going to anyway. She could have met another petite shoe shoe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't think a man's a sh- petite shoe Oh, is it gender? I gender. Because I'm going to call Zachary a petite shoe <laughs> My shoe. petite shoe shoe. In 1977, I remember this vividly, Saturday Night Live had this skit. Oh, no. And it was called the Claudine Langer Invitational Ski Shoot. Oh, my <laughs> God. Chevy Chase and Jane Kerr were like announcers. And they showed skiers coming down the hall and they hit back <laughs> And the Rolling Stones wrote a song called Claudine. It was unreleased for years. It finally appeared on um, the album Some Girls, a released version. And it says, only Spider knows for sure, but he ain't talking about it anymore. Is he, Claudine? There's blood in the chalet. So that's the sad story. Oh, that was tragic. Claudine. What a bitch. Yeah, you feel like that too? And got off. Yeah. 30 yeah. days in jail. Oh, I think I'll come this Friday. That's insane. This I know. How the hell does that happen? Yeah. And then children who throw a shoe get like three months in jail. Oh, I know. Well, what the hell? she's like total privilege, white, yeah. rich privilege. Yeah, 100%. Money talks. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's my story. Well, that bitch is a toss salad. So, what do you think? Oh, yeah. I was going to say toss salad for sure. She's like super yeah. conniving. With a bit of shoo shoo on the side. Super <laughs> A shoo. Would you say a shoo shoo salad? I, <laughs> I would say a shoo shoo salad. 
Wow. Wow. That I'm sure I'll have to do it over in a better way. I think I did No, that, that was good. No, that was good. That was I just good. wish wow. that you had a picture of Spider. I'm looking, I, I just feel it. bad that mom lost the her like one true love no. Spidey. No, I know. I know. He was out of reach. Mother, <laughs> you could have reached. Mom, we can all reach for the stars. <laughs> Oh. You have to watch him ski, and he is really yeah. Ooh, we'll, we'll we watch will him watch him ski. Really something special. Oh. <laughs> wow! I'm gonna check Spider. that out. <laughs> Super sad. Wow. Oh, no, well, I think this is just a case of like all genders can be awful. Everyone can be awful. Another. Yeah. Like everyone can be awful, so we can't just assume that like the like the masculine person's always going to be the aggressor like yeah. clearly a femme fatale could be a real bitch a real well, you know, it's bitch. all greed it's all <laughs> power it's yeah horrible. yeah it's horrible and the whole mentality if i can't have you nobody else can yeah, yeah. and there are a lot of people who think in those terms yep. yeah yeah but Which not all of them get a 30-day slap on the hand and $250 fine mm-hmm. for no, murder. No, that's so extreme. For murder. So for cold she still is an Aspen today. Yep. Oh, shit. Oh, she She's still married to that guy. Wow. Living in Aspen, living the high life. Gross. Oh, wow. I wonder if anyone gives yeah. her shit. She refuses. Um, well, that article said she's still detested, so I'm sure people she like. Is, and she right. refuses interviews, which I think maybe because she can't. Why doesn't she just move? to malibu or wherever oh, like why is she because, living there and rubbing it in she's entitled she got away lock with murder, her up. literally got away yeah with she murder. did lock her up forever yes wow wow well, i hope you have a happy story <laughs> happy murder no matt always finds the worst ones we're gonna take a little break for our sponsor, Humblebee Herbal. I tried the great product of theirs. What is it's it? It's called a soapless face wash. Yes. And it's like this little clay-looking little heart. Yeah, cute heart. And you, it's an exfoliator. Yeah. It's a moisturizer. Wow. It's a cleanser. No. All in one and a mask. What? <laughs> it's the best feeling ever. Your skin feels so good. You should try it. Four in one for five dollars. HumblebeeHerbal.com HumblebeeHerbal.com Well, my story was brought to you by me, and I found these sources (laughs) (laughs) on um, abc.net, heraldsun.com.au Oh, Oh, uh, are you going international DailyRecord.com.uk, oh. AdelaideNow.com. You're going back to Australia. <laughs> what? And MSH.com and an episode of Case Files, which is a great little podcast. Shout out to them. They do oh. Australian crimes. Yes, and I've stuff. listened to it. That guy has a great accent. He's got a great voice. Ooh, it's yes. very soothing. Yeah, yeah. In a weird good. way. It is. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you guys the story of Julian Buckwald and Carolyn Watson. Are you going to do it in an accent and insult all the Australians now that we've insulted all the French people? On March 4th, 2008. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Good start. All right. So on March 4th, 2008, Julian Buckwald, 
Some sources there. Okay. Some sources said that he was like 22 and then some sources said 23 and 25. So we're going to go early twenties. Okay. 2008 is too soon to be having like so much discrepancy on age. Right. I agree. I agree. It was not that long ago. It was not, but every other source, I was like, I like wrote down like 22 and then I'd be like, all right. And I'd read something. Oh my I'm God. Like, I hate that. Yeah. And I like, change it. And then it was like 25 and I'm like, oh my God. Okay. So, somewhere between the ages of 22 and 25. Okay. Him and his girlfriend, Carolyn Watson, they decided that... Oh, and you're going to love this. She was 17. Oh, Oh. God. That is the worst kind of age gap. (laughs) Isn't that statutory rape? Depends well, it's Australia, are. so I don't, I don't know what they're. Oh, okay. I think yeah, it might Asian, be a sixteen. I think the age in California is fourteen. I may be wrong on that. Some places Yikes. it's fourteen. That's, that's terrible. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Alarming. The age of consent well, is like fourteen. Okay, so she's well, seventeen. Don't he's quote in me on 20s. that. I don't know if it's California. I don't know where. Okay, <laughs> quote her on that for sure. <laughs> Take that straight to court. Okay, <laughs> so they decided that they were going to go on a romantic picnic. And his a 17-year-old and a 22 to 25-year-old. Well, you're going to love this because they actually had been dating for about two years at this <gasps> point. Oh, no. <laughs> so, no. you know, when he's about 20 and she's about 15. No. Anyway, they decide anyway. they're going to go. Anyway, they're going on a romantic picnic. And his parents owned about two miles, two square miles property out in Victoria, Australia. Nice. Um, and so they got into they got into his car. Wait, is this gonna, in the outback, by the way? I don't know where this Victoria is, out the, is. Out in the bush. It's out in the outback? Victoria is like towards the bottom mm-hmm. right side Mm -hmm. and so it's got um kind of temperate climates temperate wet climates and they have like snow covered alpine areas and like you know so it's not just flat uh oh so it's got some foliage and stuff you know the days are hot and the the nights are so they got into julian's car and they decided that there so there was this waterfall kind of at the edge of the property that they wanted to go have their picnic at oh that's a nice yeah so they they drove the car out and when they were pretty close to the uh pretty close to the waterfall but not all the way there julian stopped the car because he'd said that he like saw some roadkill or something off to the side and i guess it wasn't i guess it wasn't uncommon for him to like stop and go like look at things on you know on the property or whatever and so he was kind of like out of um carolyn's eyesight right and she was in the Mm -hmm. car waiting for him and it was taking him a little bit of time to come back and she like couldn't really see where he was because he was like behind. But he just went walking off. Well, he saw something and went and went to go look at it. And wow. usually he would just come back, but it took him a while. Yeah. And she didn't see him. And then, out of nowhere, this masked man wearing a balaclava <gasps> approached the vehicle, and oh. he like walked towards her, and she kind of freaked out, and he grabbed her, <gasps> and he pulled her out of the car and tied her up, put du- okay. oh my god, put duct tape on her mouth. Uh, 
And then he threw her into the car, back into the car, and he got in the driver's seat and he started driving. And he drove for about f- what the hell? he drove for about five hours. Five oh hours. God. Hours. And oh. he drove to some remote bushland in the oh, state's shit. far east. Oh. Uh so during this time, or like af- maybe like um hours later, Julian's mom found a written note uh like on her porch. And it was supposedly written by a satanic cult oh, that, God. that threatened to kill the two devout Christians. Oh, God. the kids were devout Christians. Devout Christians. And also, Carolyn's father had received a similar note. Oh. He found, like, in a bottle in his chain link fence, there was a mm. note um, that had some satanic symbols oh, come claiming... On that his daughter would be raped and burned alive if they contacted the police. Um, both of the letters contained a similar symbol that was the symbol of nine angles, which is apparently a satanic satanic cult that practice, practices human sacrifice. But do they want money? Do they say they want They didn't anything? say. They didn't say. They just said, well, don't contact the police. Well, <laughs> and then what? <laughs> <laughs> naturally, a s- Zephyr. Naturally, she's Zephyr starts barking. In. Yeah, she's piping in. Naturally, a search party started out looking for Julian and Carolyn. There were police, helicopters, neighbors oh that searched God. the entire farm property, all two oh, square man. miles. They combed it. They couldn't find anything. Um. Since they were devout Christians, the police began to suspect that that's why they were targeted by this satanic cult. Why would Satanists go after <laughs> devout, like, what? Okay. Hmm, you may well, say. Well, also, I'm not, never mind, not Satanists, a satanic cult, which I'm guessing yes. is different, because hmm. satanic cults aren't is really it? a thing so hmm. much, are they? Right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> hmm I mean, I think we see so... where this is going. <laughs> So, uh, you know, they're, since they were so into their church, their, their church held prayer vigils every night oh, and oh. lit candles and everything. Their pastor, however, wasn't so sure. Mm, a few weeks, a few weeks maybe. before, mm, <laughs> first pastor that I've heard that made sense. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I just offended a whole bunch of other people. Well, I nope. think we've already I said the first, the, the only one. <laughs> Yep. Um, okay, so so a few weeks before they went missing. Hold up. So she was 15, 17. dating a 20. Oh. Going on 17. A 20 oh. to 23 year old. Uh-huh. And since they're all like devout Christians, they're like cool with it. Well, yeah, because, you know, that meant that they weren't like consummating anything. They were just like going on dates. Uh-huh. But she's 16. Okay. Going on seventeen. Well, maybe maybe that's not. He was like a suitable husband, and they were hoping they'd get married. You For know. a fifteen-year-old to be dating a twenty-something-year-old, maybe means, there aren't a lot of choices means there. He's not <laughs> a suitable husband. It means he's a creep. Well, yeah. Uh-oh. The, uh oh. The so <laughs> a few weeks before they went missing, the couple came to the pastor, and they were discussing marriage oh, with him. God. 
um, Caroline had said that she wanted to wait until she was done with high school. Yeah, and at least eight, really how unreasonable. And at least 18, but oh. um, Julian really wanted to get married, but he said that he, that he would wait. Good. He was probably like super so, controlling, and she the only way that she knew to get out of it was to be like, oh, well, I just want to wait. Like, I just want to wait until high school. I just want to wait till I'm 18 and like push him off until she can <laughs> figure out how to get out of it. Well, her parents could have been pushing her towards him, too. Yeah, they could. I mean, everyone could have been. So the pastor, he he thought that maybe they had run away together to get married, you know, and just kind of oh. left and the parents And traumatized area. their parents? <laughs> well. By saying that she was going to be raped and murdered? <laughs> That's, this is the, the pastor or the priest. I mean, if you're going to go away and elope, like, why not leave that note? Hey, we're so in love. We ran away to get married. Your yeah, guess is as would. good as mine. Uh, well, because I think um, that's not what happened. That's mm. my guess. But the police weren't so sure that they had run off to get married since yeah. they hadn't they hadn't taken any of their clothes and they hadn't brought any more than like what they were wearing and their lunches, basically. Yeah. Who told the police? The it's parents. Right. The parents okay. went to the police. They didn't yeah. follow the directions. Listen, they didn't. They'd have to. Shame. Okay. And, and also, also yeah, yeah, I wouldn't wait. She's gonna be raped and murdered if you call the police. Well, what happens if I don't call the police? She's gonna be raped and murdered, <laughs> yeah. so I might as well call the police, right? <laughs> and also the fact that neither one of their bank accounts had been touched. Uh oh. Oh no. So, meanwhile, back to <laughs> Carolyn and Julian. Okay. So meanwhile, Carolyn, she's taken out of the car after she's driven all this way. Mm-hmm. She's taken out of the car. She's thrown onto the ground. Her clothes are cut off of her. Oh, God. Um, the ma- And then the masked man, She's so she's like hogtied and her clothes oh. are cut off of her and she's on the ground. And then um, the masked man kind of disappears out of her eyesight for a bit. Oh, God. And, and then what? Her boyfriend's going to show up? <laughs> and oh, then too. all of a sudden carolyn hears julian uh-huh. shouting uh-huh. carolyn's name what a son of a bitch <laughs> so julian ends up uh he he sees carolyn she calls out to him and he's like out tied up near a tree farther oh, away oh he's tied up too yeah, he's he tied, tied up himself he's tied up and naked as well so oh, no. he he wriggles over to God, Carolyn. He's the worst. <laughs> he wriggles over him. He's like tied up, you know, he wriggles over uh-huh. to her. Uh-huh. And they see that the uh the assailant had left a knife on the ground. So she's oh, able to, how convenient. She, so she's able to kind of hold the knife behind her and then he uh-huh. can cut his own ropes using the knife, you know? Uh-huh. And then and then he unties Carolyn once he's oh, free. God. Uh-huh. So then, back to everyone else. Not being heard from in a week, the a police week? figured oh, a week. Shit. The police figured they should now be looking for dead bodies. Yeah. If not, if not by a satanic cult, then by the harsh elements in the Australian oh, wild, yeah. like the extreme weather I was talking about, which can be like exceedingly hot during the day and oh, like wow. freezing temperatures at night. Or death by flies. Or death by 
any kind of other animal that might bite you and poison you. A dingo. Well, but with a even did you see airplanes? They looked, but they didn't see they their car. Or their car didn't see anything. Weren't the weren't there those like super poisonous snakes too? Yeah. And yeah. spiders. Yes. And spiders. Yeah, everything. Mm. Um, so the police. They looked at the satanic cult angle, but it didn't really hold up as there yeah, it never had does. been, well, there had been no real reports of like this specific sect of the satanic cult in that region, nor had there been any report of any satanic activity mm-hmm. basically ever in that yeah. area. Yeah. So they decided a cult probably wasn't the way to think. Good for them. One day, a farmer is driving down a road in the middle of nowhere, and he spotted two sunburned, blistered people on the side of the road. Oh, God. It was Julian and Carolyn. Laying down or standing? Standing. Okay. They were immediately. How sunburnt they must have been? Oh, Uh God, no. Could you imagine how much their lips might have peeled? <gasps> Speaking oh, of peeling does. lips, <laughs> try out Humblebee Herbal's new lip balm. It's not new. They've always had it, and it's just as great. HumblebeeHerbal.com. Ew, I'm just, like, picturing, like, how why dried blistering? out their lips are. So oh. clear out a week in the sun, why were they not in the car? Where's the car? You, that would be so hot. Can you drive it? They probably ran out of gas. They drove for five hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my car can go like five hours on one tank, but that's like Mm -hmm. pretty much the limit, I think. And if you don't know where you are. Yeah, where are you going to Except you would think in Australia, because they know you go for miles and miles and miles and don't see anything, that they Mm -hmm. would have extra gas things on their car. Well, they just went out for like a picnic, though. Yeah, That's they wouldn't true. have extra on gas property. in their car. Which is right. probably not far. Yeah, yeah. okay. Two no, miles. it was less than two That's miles. Like nothing, yeah. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, they were... A, the source said that... The source that I read said that they were immediately taken to the police station to be interviewed so that they could, like, describe their to attackers and interv- stuff. Well, but I would like assume... And yeah, I would assume... Yeah. I would assume they they took him. I I assume they took him to the hospital and got them like some kind of care and fluids. Yeah, and and then interview them there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it didn't. So thirsty. (laughs) Oh. What the source that I read didn't say that, so I just I'm assuming. I would hope (laughs) so. Yeah. Yeah. So they interview them, and Julian said that he remembered getting out of the car to look at something. And the next thing he remembers, he was hit over the head. And then Uh he remembers waking up, tied up, naked. And he noticed Carolyn and called out to her and then wriggled towards her. Uh (laughs) Five Uh hours distance, he got out of the car. And five hours driving later, he ended up being right where they were? No. No. He was hit on the head. They drove five, five hours. hours. So then that's they why they... without him five hours, what I'm saying. And so then how that... did he end up well, in the we... same space? No, that's all he well, remembered. We... That's all he remembered. Uh, he just remembers okay, He just okay. remembers getting hit over the head and then waking right. up and seeing her. Um, And yeah, they actually... So they, yeah, they did drive five hours like out. So then when these people were searching the two mile radius, yeah. they were searching yeah. here when they oh, were all wow. the way five wow. hours 
away. Yeah. You know, and her it's car way was, farther or, than two miles. Well, amazing. Their car was out five, five days out there. Eight days. Eight days. How'd they oh, survive shit. in the water? And in the cold and the hot and the cold. So Carolyn tells of her ordeal getting pulled from her car by a masked man getting tied up and thrown into the car and how she was driven far away. And then she was dragged out of the car still tied up and left and then explained that once they freed themselves, they were able to grab a sleeping bag and some food that the kidnapper oh. had conveniently left. What the fuck? <laughs> a knife, some food and, and, and the, a their sleeping, bag. sleeping bag. Yeah. But let me take the clothes and... and then they, yeah. And then they ran for it. Mm. <laughs> so uh-huh. they're naked and barefoot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and running Awful. through this, mm-hmm wilderness uh after and then after wandering around and they're just wandering and wandering and wandering and and one of the days things look a little bit familiar uh they had accidentally looped back (gasps) where they had escaped from oh no (laughs) thinking the kidnapper would be nearby they were really scared can you imagine but, how heartbreaking that would be? Like walking for think days you're making and ground. days. Yep. Uh. But they noticed that their backpack that they had brought uh, to the picnic was there. And they and they were able to grab it. And when they grabbed it, they, they found some clothes in it. Good. Um, and they were able to put on some clothes. Good. And they wandered and wandered yeah. and wandered. Until eventually they found a road and the farmer picked them up. Oh, okay. So the police were like, okay, well, we, we don't really have anything to go off of. So they decided it would be great if these two, if Julian and Carolyn could help them try and find where they were taken to maybe find some of the evidence, like the ropes that had been cut off mm-hmm. um, and like anything else. Right. So. Um, How would they even know? They, well, surprisingly, they were able to easily locate the spot, and there was evidence there. Oh, there were there were pieces the pieces of rope, like I said, and the cut clothing, and the knife that was left there, and other other items. The only thing is that all the evidence, all the things left at the scene, were Julian's. <laughs> Shocking. Oh, so where'd her stuff go? <laughs> Well, I mean, other than I the, like the other than the clothes that were cut off of her, stuff were all his. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it all pointed to Julian mm-hmm. being the perpetrator. Oh, yeah. Why would he do that? Because he's a sick fuck dating a teenager when he's in his twenties, <laughs> and she doesn't the want to marry him, let... and he wants to marry her. So he's got desperate. Ooh, you are good. Look, I am a psychology major. That's what Matt did fix up. Yeah, it shows. Dude, I called it way early on, but I didn't want to spoil it. You did. I already, I did spoil it kind of early on. You but did. But I'm impressed. Shut. I was like, immediately, look, age gaps, for one, big, big red flag. Teenagers dating 20-year-olds, bigger red flag. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, the detectives let Julian know that they didn't believe his story. Yeah. Mm-mm. 
and Julian, seeing no other way around it, started to confess. What a little weasel. <laughs> he told them that he was the sole perpetrator. Oh. He said that he got he said that he got out of the car to quote unquote look at something. Sure. While he was behind wherever he was, he changed his clothes. He just happened to bring a mask. <laughs> Put on the mask. Well, it was a balaclava, so it's just fabric that yeah. you can shove in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went and tied up Carolyn, threw her in the car, and drove for the, the five or six her. hours. He then pulled her out of the car, cut off her clothes, and then he got undressed and tied himself up and played victim. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do anything well, to her. I mean, he didn't physically do anything, which is interesting if he had the opportunity. I mean, he kidnapped her. Well, I know he didn't rape her or anything. Because, no, because he wants to be the good guy. He's a good Christian. He's just trying to save so, her life. Oh. Once, once they escaped and were spending days upon days in the bush, Julian tried countless times to get Carolyn to agree to have sex with oh. him. <laughs> this is the biggest, biggest scheme to get someone to have this sex is the with best. You. Why? Because you walk around naked? <laughs> Listen, he said uh, he would tell her that it was to keep warm in the freezing <laughs> nights. And he, <laughs> he, so like safety. And also he believed that if he could persuade her to have sex with him, then in God's eyes, yeah. they would be married. Yeah. yeah. They would, and and she not, would like, have, have to, to get married when they get back. Yep. Yeah. She would have to go ahead with the wedding. Wow. Well, yeah. And if he like happens to get her pregnant, like for sure uh-huh. she's stuck forever. He must the have entire time. some doubt of her, right? Well, because she kept saying, I, I want to wait till I graduate. I want to wait till I'm 18. Okay. Uh-huh. The entire eight days that they were out there, she refused to have sex with him. Yeah, you go, girl. That guy seems like a cool yeah. but He didn't Great. brutalize her. He could have taken it. He could have done... No, you know, he brutalized her, her in, a, in a psychologically well, yeah. way. See, this is why... Psychological way. That, that just, like, doesn't work. The abstinence-only thing doesn't work. The, like, this creates, like, crazy people. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this dude is insane. <laughs> All he wants his girlfriend to sleep with him? Like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. this guy sucks yeah because you know they were trying to survive so he was helping they were they were surviving so god would forgive them and then they would be married (laughs) Uh, well it sounds like he has the maturity level of maybe a 15 year old so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so he uh, he was facing charges of unlawfully carrying away against one's will, which I'm guessing is like kidnapping, abduction, <laughs> yeah, kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's also charged with abduction with intent to marry. Which... What? Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did not know that was a thing either. But that's I actually like that. That's good because if it is abduction with intent to marry, then it's like you're trying to trap someone, right? Because if you're married uh-huh. to them, it's harder to escape. Yeah, I like especially that. at like a younger age. That's a good charge to have. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then he also is charged with abduction for sexual penetration and theft. Because so he, abduction for be, rape and theft. Yeah, because he had like I think it was her. It was it was her car, oh. and he oh, took it. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> sucks. Um, okay, so it gets better. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! Guess what? What? 
for some reason. So, oh okay. okay. He's he's charged. He's found guilty. Good. But for some reason in this penal system, he's allowed to be out on bail until they until his sentencing hearing when he actually gets sentenced. How does that so, make any sense? How does that make any sense? I he's charged no with idea. insane crimes. <laughs> but but what the fuck? So, he's out on bail. Mm-hmm. He dyes his blonde hair. He's like oh, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, like, German boy. Uh-huh. He dyes his blonde hair black. Uh-huh. And sources say he darkened his skin. He'd go tanning? I'm not sure, or I have no idea. Okay. And then he acquired an Indian passport. <gasps> He was trying to pass as Indian? It was a horrible disguise, but somehow... What was Indian name? I don't know. Somehow, he was able to leave Australia. Shut he got through up. their immigration. Shut up. Or their extra... Their, he got through their checkpoints. So, wait, wait. So he, like, dyes his hair black, puts a bunch of yeah. self-tanner on with his yeah. blue eyes, and gets an Indian yeah. passport. Remember, yeah. he got a passport. How do you do this in the 2000s? <laughs> How are you I doing I don't know, this? but he did. Oh, my God. He gets on the plane uh-huh. from Australia to India. Oh, he's just going to go straight home hour, to India. 15-hour flight. Oh, shit. That's long. As soon as he touches down in India, <laughs> the uh, Indian airport officials thought he looked a bit suspicious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, he probably, like, only spoke English. <laughs> exactly. He spoke no Hindi. Um, so they guess, like, refu- the, the, like, national line or whatever, and they're, like, speaking to yeah, him in Hindi. And with he's his just passport. Like, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yep. No idea. So they refused his entry into oh, India, wow. believing his passport was a fake. Yeah, good for them. Well, the Australians were like, oh, it's fine. Get on the plane. You pass. It's fine. Checks out. Totally checks out. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, his true identity was revealed, and he was arrested and sent back to Australia under police escort. What an idiot. Police suspect he was planning to make his way back to Germany from India, as he was originally from oh. Germany. Oh. And he had migrated to Victoria with his family in his teens. Couldn't he have just gone to Germany? Yeah, that's what I'm and thinking. when he passes to Germany, <laughs> yeah, he's he here. probably speaks German. But if he doesn't want teens. Uh, yeah, I don't. Maybe that was like the only passport he could get, so he was like, <gasps> "I'm gonna go with it." What the? F- so he goes like someone who forges passports. So like, man, the only one I know how to do is Indian. And well, he's like, yeah, it, well, I, got- I guess I gotta get that self tanner. <laughs> is it a direct route from Australia to India to Germany? Well, no, once you're in India, I bet you can get to Germany easier. Could there have been yeah, a Yeah, because you're, so you're, like, closer. You're closer. And... I mean. Well, right. So is that the only way you can go? No, I'm sure you could go no. other ways. But I'm thinking, I'm like, sure that's that, the only like, big passport he could get. Yeah, I think that that was the passport that he got. The forager wasn't <laughs> very to go good. With it. <laughs> well, I mean, he was good for Australia's oh, standards. Oh, anyway. But not for Indian yeah. standards. <laughs> huh. Um... Judge John Smallwood sentenced him in absentia. Mom! (laughs) I was trying to skip over that, and you laughed about it. (laughs) 
didn't say that very loud at all. Uh, so he was sentenced in absentia to a seven-year and three-month jail time for kidnapping. That's not long and an enough. Extra, okay. And an extra six months for fleeing the country. What? Six months? Yeah. yeah. What the hell? What about the marriage thing? Doesn't he get more time for kidnapping with the intent to marry? <laughs> Just like, the seven years, years, three months. That. That's not enough time. <laughs> and um, he tried appealing his sentence, but prosecutors have denied <laughs> that he's actually Indian. He doesn't belong there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, you've got the wrong guy. This is actually my real passport. <laughs> Mistaken identity. Uh. Um, prosecutors have denied his claims and maintained the toll on his victim will be long lasting. Yes. They. They have rejected the notion that his sentence is outstanding the reasonable range. She was stranded for eight <laughs> days, terrified for her life. Mm-hmm. Also, this guy could have a chance maybe to have sex with her so that they could possibly get married. Like, this guy sucks. <laughs> what the fuck? He deserves more than seven years for that. Yeah, I guess like throughout their relationship, like obviously I'd said that he'd want they'd wanted he had wanted to get married and was constantly like asking her when they could get married mm-hmm. and like pestering her to get married. So like you said oh, before I even guy. told you who it was, he wanted like he wanted to any way that he could kind of just make it so that like cuz he's so controlling, he he's like, "Well, if she sees me as like, you know, I saved her, and I guess, like, he knew exactly where they were the entire time, and, like, what he purposefully he purposefully walked them in a loop oh. so that they could get more supplies. What a dick! Oh, <laughs> yep. my God. Huh. So, toss salad, scrambled egg. Let's do the toss salad and the scrambled egg. A toss salad, a scrambled egg. This dude sucks. he's a tossed salad his salad was tossed by christianity and having to wait for marriage for for things and he was like Hmm. dating a child when he was an adult and he's just Mm -hmm. like so fucked up gross yeah he had to have known it was wrong to kidnap someone yeah. She was but terrified. He didn't like, look at his kidnapping. She was terrified. Well, yeah. I mean, I, it's not right, but I don't think he looked well, at his I'm sure, kidnapping. Like, I'm sure, like, since he... You could definitely... It is definitely kidnapping. No, I know. I said I don't her... think he thought of it as kidnapping. How do you kidnapping? think oh, he yeah, thought yeah. of it, though? Of course it is. I'm like, he's going to be brave and win her over and be a hero, and I don't know. But what about the parts leading yeah. up to him being a hero? He didn't think that far. We had to like put a mask well, on and I, scare the shit out of her. Well, it was pretty. And I think like mom, like like mom was saying, like since he did, like maybe he felt like since he didn't like, you know, beat her or rape her, yeah. that like oh he didn't really do he didn't really do that bad of a thing. He just tried to scare her he so that she would marry her. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that salad is tossed. <laughs> tossed. Yeah. That was a good story. That wasn't horrific. It was a great Yay! story. That was good. <laughs> that was good. I I thought it was a an interesting one. Wowzes. Wow. And now for the portion that we like to call Crimey Six, where we tell you silly stories about crime that make you forget the terrible things we just told you. 
so I got this crime and he sakes from the thrillist or sorry thrillist.com mm-hmm. all right one might think eliminating cars would cut down on the number of chop shops in a city but then one vastly underestimates the criminal wi- the criminal will of a floridian in- <laughs> oh god florida <laughs> in, oh, in god. june sumter county sheriff's deputies raided a home in the villages the retirement community best known <gasps> for STD outbreaks and golf oh. carts. Oh. Oh. In golf carts? And, and golf, golf carts. carts. <laughs> <laughs> Probably in and around and on. Ew. And golf carts. Oh, and they found evidence of an underground golf cart chop shop. Shut up. <laughs> Those are the bad boys. Oh, my the alleged the alleged shop was run by kathleen unrath who had moved who had moved in with her elderly uncle to take care of him go girl oh she was younger yeah uh a relative term she apparently took to mean use his garage to sell illicit electric cart parts Oh, I thought you meant the older people in the community were doing it. I know. I thought that too when I first saw it, and I was disappointed that it was a younger person. Wasn't she selling it to older people? Yeah, yeah. She's like selling their parts. Yeah, selling the parts. And uh-huh. then she's probably like stealing their carts and selling them back to them. Yeah, <laughs> piece by like, piece. Spoilers on their <laughs> golf carts. Yeah, yeah. Spinning rims. Get some hydraulics on there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this one is Uh by Chelsea Todaro on WSVN. A dance teacher in Miami-Dade was fired for allegedly throwing a surprise party. (laughs) Did I do this one before? No, I don't remember this. (laughs) With X-rated decorations and favors at school. (gasps) What? Parents told WSVN that the teacher works at Mater Lakes Academy, a charter school for grades 6 through 12. The party took place in the teacher's classroom after school on Wednesday with students as young as 11 years old. Why? A mother of one of the students told WSVN that the party was for a former male student, and when he walked into the room, they surprised him with a hat that had a penis attached what to the, the top hell? and and a string to pull so it can get erected. What ah! the hell? <laughs> this is the at party a private also, school. Yep. Wow. The pro- the party also had candles and hats shaped as genitalia. The fuck. There was a cake that had a lollipop shaped as a vagina, the mother told WSVN. Why are there children at this party? (laughs) It's a school party. I'm guessing that teacher got fired. (laughs) School administrators told WSVN that the teacher, who remains unidentified, has been fired. Or he unidentified. Has been fired and said in a statement, once we become aware... Once we became aware of the situation, we addressed it immediately and have taken the appropriate How measures and, and the individual has been dismissed. Wow. What the hell? <laughs> that reminds me of People Do Nothing, though, where they have the birthday party yeah. for Angel. She's like turning six yeah. or whatever. Exactly. He's like, I'm used to doing, bath- I'm used to doing hen parties. 
I'm like, what? There are dicks all over. What is this? She's turning six. <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell? Out of school? So, thank you for tuning in. And, Mom, thank you for joining that was us. Fun. That was a weird note to end on. Yeah, thanks for being here, Mom. It was fun. But edit me out if I sound stupid, okay? We will not, but thank you. I know you'll laugh. Okay, and tune in <laughs> next week for more stories. Check out humblebeeherbal.com. That's right. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Cry, Mindy. This is my hat. My hat. Your hat? I need my hat. <laughs>